Hello all guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast brought to you on YouTube, on Spotify, on Google, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watched a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling. And huh, they don't want none. They don't want none. I Hey bro, I, wrong song. I Wrong song. Look, don't learn I the don't, new one. Th- this, this is the point. This is the point, okay? I am excited. All right? I I was told... I was told two things about about this arc that we that we would be covering. One, that it's fucking stupid. And two, that it was heavily focused on AJ Styles. I really like everything I have seen of AJ Styles. I hear nothing but about how he is the goat. And and I from what I've seen of him, I'm like, yeah, that seems fair. And I hear so many good things about his time in TNA. You know, we've watched a little bit of it. You know, I, I hear so much time about so much good about all of his time outside of WWE. Um and so the the former trumps the latter. I want to like be able to dive fully into what this man, what my man's has going on in in the 2010s in TNA. So I, for one, despite the many warnings I have been given about whatever stupid bullshit I'm about to encounter that I'll probably hate, I am excited. That's probably a mistake. But I'm gonna I'm gonna mm. go into this one with 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 positivity in my heart. You know, the Halloween I episode respect- was awesome. And, you know, we're just going to keep the ball rolling. I respect your optimism. Hell yeah. That's the kind of positive attitude we need more of on this podcast sometimes. Agreed. Agreed. So so basically, we are jumping into a new arc, into a 2012 TNA arc. And actually, it's not the, probably the one, it's the other one. And may I say, may I say. May I say the timing, the timing with the announcement that Impact is returning to its old branding. Yes, Sid, that we are recording this mere days after Impact Wrestling has decided that they're going back to TNA. They, you know, they they tried so hard to rebrand away from TNA, get that LOL TNA stink, that Dixie yeah. Carter stink off of the, the product. Dixie Carter stank, yep. And now they're like, you know what? It's been enough time. We, you know, everyone's kind of nostalgic for TNA now. Let's go back to it and do it right. And Where and, and they settled. The they settled into TNA. their niche. They settled into their niche. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and funny enough, this arc kind of takes place in the right in the pits of LOL TNA. Of like, <laughs> this is why this is the kind of shit we we're trying to make everyone forget ever happened that's so wild that they like because went because we are the covering the claire lynch storyline <laughs> yes uh which you've told me has bears some resemblance to uh 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 to to to, to what the fuck is her name uh 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 why can't i remember katie her vick? name katie vick jesus christ um yeah, so I'm interested. Yeah, I think I think you could draw some par- I think you could draw some parallels of like of like um it's a big story. It's a well-known bad storyline involving some random woman that only exists in this storyline. I see. Uh however, team up the plug after a couple of weeks. In fact, this would take this would take place over several months. Oh no. 
and it really only ended because the act Claire Lynch quit. Yeah, well, here's the thing, Austin. Sp Spike TV was a lawless country, okay? So you don't have nearly the same level. Like, this is the same fucking, again, the same channel that has a thousand ways to die. You do not have the kind of pressure that would have been put on WWF to bury the fuck out of the Katie Vick storyline and act like it never happened, okay? We're in for the long haul here, baby. No studio notes to be found. Yeah, so I will I watched six weeks in preparation for this. Holy fuck. And Holy we'll get fuck. there. But I will pre I'll, pre I'll go ahead and preface it of like Remember how, like, like the Dominic, the custody of Dominic storyline was point of the story. Yeah. I think you know, yeah. yeah. This is kind of like that, except the before part is also insane. Just oh, in a different. Uh, yeah. Way. So you've said. So you've said. Yeah. But we'll get to it. Uh, I watched through that point of the storyline up to uh, June 21st, 2012, excuse me. June 21st, 2012, episode of Impact. That's what we're watching. It's the start of the Claire Lynch arc, essentially. Okay. And so six weeks of TNA included watching. I also watched uh, Sacrifice 2012 oh, and their most Sacrifice. recent pay-per-view, Slammiversary. Sacrifice, yes, yeah, and Slammiversary, which was their tenth anniversary. Oh, Slammiversary, exciting! So it was a really big, it was a really big deal. So was I'll cover it? the app. I'll cover the matches good? and stuff that happened. It actually was. It was a good oh, show. nice, good. Yeah, so I'll cover the matches of stuff of Slammiversary, and then the results for the June fourteenth episode of Impact that happened after Slammiversary. Hell yeah! Okay. So let's get her started. Uh, the first match of Slammiversary 10, the show opened with a Hulk Hogan promo because a uh, quick sidebar, Hulk Hogan is the GM of, of Impact right now, of yes. TNA. And he has instituted his daughter, Brooke, as being the executive in charge of the knockouts division specifically. Absolutely, dude. If Vince can do it, so can I, brother. He's a uh, Nepo baby. This Nepo baby idea seems pretty good to me, brother. <laughs> Real. So I was like, we're taking things old tonight, brother, on some anniversary. Nice. An X Vision title match with no limits. Uh, Austin oh. Aries versus Samoa Joe. Oh, for the X Division title. Oh, shit. That's exciting. Big deal, because at this point in time, the X Division was working under a weight limit. The X Division, whose tagline is, it's not about weight limits, it's about no limits. Um, Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan got in there and said, why does this cruiserweight belt not we're going to put a weight limit on it. That's okay. Sure, I guess. And so now the like, weight limit is it, 225 like, uh, pounds. Ah. Uh. 
but, but obviously they, Samoa Joe does not make that weight because he's fit in the words yeah, of Scott yeah. Steiner. So so they so they cut the limits. So they cut the limits for him for this match. Yeah, because he's a former X Division okay. champion yeah. himself. So and then Austin Aries Also isn't 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 Austin Aries the dude that like had beef with, with Johnny Impact? He did. He is the one who, who um, at Bound who for Glory, I think, twenty eighteen, yeah. he took he he lost he he lost to Johnny uh, Johnny Impact Johnny Mundo Johnny all the names, and yes. then after the match, he immediately rolled out out of the ring, got up, walked out, flipped off the fans, walked to the back, and quit. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It is that motherfucker. Okay. I remember that because all the online chatter, a lot of the immediate online chatter was LOL TNA. Look at them doing this stupid work shoot bullshit. And then it came out that Austin Aries was just an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like they weren't running I, an angle here. I, I read about this and it was like, I think it was like an entry on like either his or like Mundo's Wikipedia page or something. Um, and it was like Mundo made like some, you know, some comment on Twitter Um because they were feuding, so Mundo like taunted him on Twitter yeah. about like something kind of innocuous, and Aries got like big. He probably called him short. So... He probably got. Yeah, he I think that's what it was. Because he is a big. Austin Aries is a big baby about being called short. He's like five two, and he's a, and he's a fucking baby. Okay, yeah, that, pro- that probably is something. it. Um, uh, the Miz, da 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 da. Uh, let, let me let me find this shit. Um, uh, Impact Championship. Um, this was so funny. Um, Austin Aries, uh, Austin Aries, the, the, um, yeah. Okay. So, um, as the paper, uh, the impact began a few, uh, with the impact world championship champion, Austin Aries, which led to a match with bound for glory. Um, as the pay-per-view moved closer, the feud started to blur as the lines between a work and a shoot began or beginning with the two wrestlers, um, training insults on Twitter that they appeared to take personal, with Aries later deleting many of his tweets. Specifically, Impact, Johnny Impact, mocked Aries' short stature, and the champion responded by making fun of, of Johnny Impact's wife's weight. <laughs> so, oh, I did forget that part where he called Taya Valkyrie, Taya Valkyrie fat. Yeah. fat. <laughs> forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, so, so basically Johnny Mundo like accidentally worked himself into a shoot. By calling Austin Aries short on Twitter. So Aries like, yeah, well, your wife's fucking fat. And then it went downhill from there. Yeah, so Austin Aries is kind of well-known at this point in time as being like a total dickhead. And that's why he he doesn't get any work anymore. Um, But at at the time in 2020... ...character... Uh, he's great character. is currently uh, the greatest man who ever lived. A character, I guess, um, has a pretty uh, big good match with Samoa uh, Slam anniversary, and he retains the X Division Championship. Samoan Joseph, yeah, congratulations the, to him. Yeah, yeah. People in the video version. Of- this i am trying to find a spot in my hotel room that has the bed uh 
Enjoy watching me walk around my outstanding my hotel room. Anyway, the next match on the show was oh, also a match the, uh... that wasn't really advertised. Oh. Uh, it was Hernandez versus Kid Cash. Uh, oh, shit. Two guys. Yeah, two guys who were in TNA way back in the beginning. So it's kind of a, a, a kind of a, like a, you know, bringing back the, the legends kind of in a match. Uh, a Hernandez won. The, uh... and, Hernandez, and apparently Hernandez is sticking around. Hell yeah. Seems like. Okay, well, that's cool. In the next episode of Impact. Yeah, we got we got two. Yeah, more nothing years much before, to it. Uh, we got we got two more years before Lucha Underground kicks up. You know how it is. Yeah. All right. Next match, uh, Devon Dudley here hmm. going by Devon to avoid uh, copyright you know, or trademark WWE copyright yeah. trademarks infringement. Yes. And Garrett Bischoff. Yep. That Bischoff. Get Garrett Bischoff. Eric Bischoff's son who. He has got one a job of those as a wrestler. He does, and he got him a spot on the TNA roster. What the fuck? And he was pushed, and he sucked. Who the um, fuck would have a child with Eric fucking Bischoff? That feels rude, but possibly fair. Um, so it's Devon and Garrett Bischoff versus the Bromans, Robbie E and Robbie T. What the fuck? So the Bromans are basically like two like vaguely Jersey Shore guys in the same way Zack Ryder is kind of vaguely Jersey Shore. Oh, sure, sure. Um, you know. Uh, they're just two bros. And Devon is the current TNA television champion. Oh, nice. And what that means. And what that means in this very specific moment in time is that he has to defend the TV title every single week. Oh, they, shit. Again, in, this was another Hogan-Bischoff invention, and they put the gimmick on this belt, and they would only keep the gimmick while Devon Dudley was the champion. So, okay, well, cool idea, but also you only used it so you got weekly Devon Dudley singles matches. Look, when, when a man's a draw, a man's a draw. I don't know what to tell you. And clearly, clearly, Devon Dudley was drawn, okay? Um... Uh, okay, hot take I though. Guess. Hot take. I kind of like the idea of gimmick belts. I I think it's interesting to have like mid card belts that have like a gimmick attached to them, mm -hmm. so it's not just like here's another just normal belt. Like I I like that idea. Sure. Sure, sure. But anyway, Devon he basically he's been routinely feuding with Robbie E and Robbie T over the belt. You know, even there and but to the point that they interfered with Garrett Bischoff getting a match with Devon for the TV title. And that spurned Garrett to be like, hey, you know what? Fuck these guys. Huh. I'm going to help you take them out. Because they fucked me over. Outstanding. And so they have a tag match on pay-per-view. Devon and Garrett Bischoff get the win. Uh, Robbie E and Robbie T are kind of like on the verge of breaking up. They're doing that kind of like miscommunication oh. malfunction junction yep, shit yep. that happens. Can they especially when especially especially when both men in a tag team are going for the same singles belt at the same time. Oh shit. Like they're both going for the T the TV title. That is unfortunate. And it's causing friction. Oh no. Friction. That's unfortunate. Yeah, the next match was a three-way match to determine the number one contender for the TNA Heavyweight Championship. 
uh, between Jeff Hardy, Rob Van Dam, oh. and Miss and Mister Anderson. Anderson. Ah, uh, yes. So, so this is legally distinct, Mister Kennedy. Yes, okay. it, but he's using his real, his real name, name, Ken Anderson, yes. and also. And, but doing the exact same gimmick of like the having microphone. the mic, like the old timey boxing mic. Look, man, come down if it works, it works. Mr. Anderson. He is now, though he is now added the wrinkle of calling himself and his fans assholes. Oh. Like, he's like, hey, are these assholes, any assholes in the building tonight? And they, everyone cheers. That's fair. Oh my God, Derek Bischoff is part of Aces and Eights. That's hilarious. Hey, hold on, man. We we aren't deep enough yet to get the oh, aces. Oh, we're, we're going down the iceberg part. Of being in the me. group, we are. Uh, so basically, they were all kind of fighting. Or all three of these men were fighting around for the belt at Sacrifice. Uh, T. Rob Van Dam earned a title shot with Bobby Roode, which he did lose on that pay per view in the main event. And Mr. Anderson and Jeff Hardy wrestled each other singles match on that pay-per-view. And they're all kind of circling. Jeff Hardy and Rob Van Dam are the same characters they've always ever been. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of fighting around for it. There's not a lot of story story going on here. But they're all just kind of like, this is the main event scene trying to, you know, find the next challenger to Bobby Roode. And Mr. Anderson gets the dub here. Oh, shit. And he will get his title match with Bobby Roode the next week on it that is a hell of a main event mm -hmm. now the next match is crimson can't wait to talk about this oh guy. so crimson his gimmick is being unbeaten okay he has an un he gets an undefeated streak of like 470 days despite being like a generic tattooed white guy that the audience doesn't really give a shit oh about. no Oh no. Like he just doesn't have the charisma or talent to make this gimmick work in a way that, for example, Goldberg or Asuka made it yeah. work. So he's just winning and he kind of sucks. That's unfortunate. They do they they did a couple of funny things with him where he would like where one time he had a match on on impact where his opponent got pre-match beaten down and like hoss and like take like stretchered off and he demanded the ref start the match and start the count out anyway yeah, that right. so that he gets a win by automatic count out hey, he's undefeated like anyway he calls out an open challenge there this show is in dallas by the way that that informs what he's he says here he's where he's like i'll fight any of your rangers and I'll fight any of your Mavericks, referring to the sports yes. teams here. And I'll fight any of your Cowboys. And as at this point, Cowboy James Storm answers his challenge. James Storm have we encountered? And then the cow, and then the Cowboy James Storm wins in two minutes, breaking Crimson's unbeaten streak. That's a choice. He would proceed to basically never show up on Impact again and be fired by the end of it. What the fuck? What's he up to now? Because I cannot... Nothing, oh, as far as I'm oh, aware. Dear. Though I'm now curious. Uh, uh, he is currently signed to the NWA under his real name, Anthony Mayweather. Hey. Hey, he's gonna, he's, hey, he's getting TV time back. TV time back, baby. They're going to be on the CW. Let's go. 
cool. Anyway, <laughs> Crimson yeah. loses. LOL. LOL. Basically, the story. Yeah, basically the story with James Storm is he he lost a big title match to Bobby Roode, and he kind of got in his head like his his damn luck finally run out. Get it? Because his his his, his uh, catchphrase is "Sorry about your damn luck," and just kind of wondering if like he's washed. If if like he can't like he can't be a top guy in wrestling anymore, he's got too old. So he went home to the farm, the farm. and he, they cut they did a they did a bunch of vignettes of him on his farm with his kids talking about if he's gonna get back in the ring. And then his daughter is like, "You're going back to wrestling, aren't you, Daddy?" And he's like, and that's and that's when he realized it's time for him to saddle up one more time. What the fuck. It was kind of cute, kind of a. It's 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 harder to care about these things knowing that he's gonna still be wrestling now. What what is it like? What is it with with TNA and and just really liking like dudes shooting their own shit on their own like compounds? Because it makes for easy vignette material. That's fair. That's fair. And and, and you know when you got a limited budget, you'll take what you can get. Let's let's fucking let's fucking make this shit efficient. All right, baby. Yeah, so James Storm is officially back oh, in TNA. Exciting. Then the next match uh, for the Knockouts Championship: Gail Kim versus Miss Tessmacher. Um, Brooke Tessmacher, uh, kind of a staple of the TNA div- Knockouts division around this time. I mean, her gimmick isn't anything interesting or you know new <laughs> for you know. Uh, a knockouts uh, gimmick She's in the hot. She's so hot. Correct. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Gail Kim and is not doing anything much better either. As, as Gail Kim has fallen into the trap of being a woman who is good at wrestling and is a heel. What that means is you get really into the gimmick of being not like other girls. You well. Not like these Barbie bimbos who only care about their looks. Not like me who cares about my in-ring talent. Beth Phoenix falls into it. AJ Lee falls into it. And Gail Kim falls into it. Yeah. I, I feel like I poor, poor heel women so many times get trapped into doing either that shit or just like random mean girl shit. Can, can other, yeah. other types of women exist? Wrestling... This is not, it's not new information. Anyway, Miss Tessmacher actually beats Gail Kim to become knockouts champion. It's oh. a big deal because it's a hometown win for her. It's a big emotional moment. Yadi da da. Oh, nice. Um, then the next match on the pay-per-view is Bully Ray versus Joseph Park. Uh, so Joseph Park is abyss. Um, oh, oh, basically, shit. yeah. So basically, Bully Ray had this big hardcore match with Abyss. It was brutal. It was awful. And then suddenly, Abyss disappeared months ago. Oh my god! That's kind of- but his brother, who is an attorney, is gonna crack this case. He is doing investigative work brother, to find what happened attorney? to his brother. Yep. Oh my god, no way. This is this is fucking 
uh, uh, Thomas Joseph. Whitney Esquire meets fucking Elias and Ezekiel. What the hell? Yeah. Uh, uh, Joseph Park is looking for his brother, Chris. You might know him. As- which is, is who his brother Chris? You and might this is real know him name is as is Chris Joseph Parks. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Anyway. Yeah, it's because his real name is Chris Joseph Parks. So they're yes, like, "Ha, yes. Chris!" And his brother's name is Joseph. Anyway, he has kind of settled into the idea that Bully Ray has, after all, the last person to have a match with Bully Ray before, uh, excuse me, Abyss before Abyss disappeared. Yeah, and Bully Ray just kind of is an asshole <laughs> about everything. So. Wow, no way. Like, he does take credit for leaving Abyss for dead, his words. And now he's trying to put his brother in the hospital. um, And so they get a no, they have a no DQ match on the pay-per-view. Important thing to mention, though, is Abyss has been popping up. Uh, the first week of Joseph Park looking around, at one point Abyss pops up and is like, little brother, I've seen you rugging around here. Stay away. It's for your own good. Oh my god, are they doing, they're doing like Underfaker shit, almost. Fuck. The, 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 almost, the, except, the... except you're kind of supposed to think that Joseph Park is Abyss. Like... Oh, they are leaning into they are, that. They are obvious. More so, I think. It'll get more. They will add on this gimmick of like whenever Joseph Park sees blood, he switches back to Abyss. So that, oh. and that's when it'll be more obvious that like it's the same guy. He's it's, just nuts. It's whole, yeah. Um, but for now, they are playing it as two separate people that just coincidentally are never in the same room at the same time. I mean. <laughs> Fucking, there are like, a lot of people who aren't in the same room at the same time. Don't gotta mean nothing. It's fine. Ab- Abyss will pop up on video boards to cut promos at Joseph, who is at ringside at this in the same spot. Um, on the pay-per-view, Bully, Bully Ray is beating down Joseph Park. And then Joseph Park rolls out of the ring, rolls under the ring, like and under the under the ring, and then rolling out of the ring is the done abyss who choke slams bully through a table and then abyss goes out of the ring goes under the ring and then out pops joseph park who comes in and pins bully oh shit for some reason i thought abyss had like some really involved makeup um no he just has the mask mask. okay i we've seen him before okay that's kind of cool then. I can, that's that's funny. I can that's some mm-hmm. this is wow, this with this mask, this is this is just a mankind ripoff. And you know what? I'm here for it. It's a mankind ripoff if Mick Foley didn't acknowledge that he is mankind. Yeah. Well, I mean to be fair, they did have the Royal Rumble where like all three of the per they 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 kind of play fast and loose on whether or not Mick Foley, Cactus Jack mankind and dude lover all the same motherfucker or not they kind of play fast and loose on that sometimes fair uh so basically abyss helps joseph win his match against bully ray 
uh, at Slammiversary. That's awesome. Now, the next match is the AJ Styles match, but I think we're going to save that one for last. Oh, okay. You know, gotta we got to keep it fun and interesting. We got we to gotta put off this Claire Lynch crap as long as possible. Um, oh, no. The, the main event of Slammiversary is Bobby Roode defending his belt against Sting. It's a big deal because last time Bobby Roode and Sting had a match, Bobby Roode brutalized Sting and put him on the shelf for months. But Sting is back, baby. Oh, shit. And he is coming for that belt. And also on this show, they inter- on Slammiversary 10, they introduced the very first TNA Hall of Fame inductee. Oh, this is the oh, thing they're doing every year. And the first inductee is it, also Sting. Sting. So Sting is defend Sting is challenging for Bobby Roode for the belt. Bobby Roode does win. Uh basically, Bobby Roode finds James Storm's six-pack that he left at ringside. Like his bottle, his beer. And he cracks a bottle over Sting's head. And that's how he gets the dub. Interesting. Okay, you know. Bobby Roode, for his part, is in the middle of his big heel run. He is the longest reigning champion in TNA history at over four, at over like 250 days at this point. Is that is that still, is, is that record still held by him? Uh, Josh Alexander would beat him for that record. Oh. But otherwise, it's number two. Nice. Uh, and he is just cocky, arrogant Bobby Roode. This is kind of the best version of Bobby Roode there ever has been. He is the face of the selfish generation, in his words. Um, you know, he is a dirt bag of dirt bags. He's a dirt. He's our dirt bag. Fuck, I'm like, but I don't know what, and he. Like God damn. Anyway, keep sorry, keep going. And now, okay, so we just covered that. Then. The AJ Styles match of Slammiversary. Yes, the the storyline for whomst we out we are here. Let's fucking go. Correct. AJ Styles and Kurt Angle for the wrestling for the TNA World Tag Team Championships against Bad Influence, Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian. Okay. All right. This story is basically the birth of Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian as a tag team. Yeah. Basically, in Feb- in uh, February 2012, AJ- Frankie Kazarian betrayed AJ Styles for Christopher Daniels because Daniels had evidence. He showed Frankie Kazarian evidence that showed that AJ Styles wasn't the man he thought he was. And they spend a long time hyping up what this evidence is uh but eventually in may they do explain what what the evidence is is that daniels and kazarian have pictures of aj styles with company president dixie carter and he's getting a little too close for comfort okay they are implying that aj styles had an affair with dixie carter and that that's why he is the face of TNA. Okay. In the words of a... Christopher Daniels, now, in the words of Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian, we now know 
why AJ Styles is the face of TNA is it's because he's been whistling Dixie. <laughs> so as you pointed out to me, that is an incredibly stupid way to get together one of the most iconic tag teams in all of indie wrestling. Um, and also, I really fucking hate storylines like this uh, that aren't just like meant to prove whoever is accusing the person of like sleeping with the boss wrong. Uh, so this sounds terrible, and I'm hold, very excited. Hold on, now hold on. Oh, there boy. are so many twists and turns of this story. Don't get too committed to this to this narrative quite quite yet. Okay, um, well, that's good. That's but good. basically, over the next several weeks, and we'll present more evidence. They will they will have footage of Elst of Ailes following Dick Carter into her hotel room. <gasps> and they found phone and they found phone they've got the phone the, the like the phone call audio of AJ and Dixie to meeting up and AJ be like, you know, Serge, that's that's uh that's uh, Dixie's husband whose name is Serge. Not kidding. Serge. Uh if that's Serge S-E-R-G. Making sure that Surge won't be around, you know, and how they just can't wait to get together. And they're like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is the smoking gun. We got him this now. Is, and D- Dixie has been distraught. She has been like, she like storms into the production meeting and demands that whoever let that, let that footage air get fired. She's like, you know, she is tearing her family apart. At one point, Surge shows up on screen and just decks AJ Styles in the face. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's wild. But, she, but now, at this point, at this point, it's become a case of like Dixie is trying to heal the truth, explain what all's been happening here. But they've kept getting interrupted for a couple of weeks, so the mystery continues. Of what exactly oh, is going on with AJ Styles and Dixie Carter? Oh God! Okay. The and this episode that we're going to be watching, this episode we're going to be watching, is where the Claire Lynch of it all comes in. The Claire Lynch of it all—that's not foreboding in the slightest. Anniversary. <laughs> oh, oh, bye. Sorry, I forgot to explain. The, my bad. Uh, AJ, for his part, has also been super huh. distracted about like he is he is really selling the idea that he is like they've got that Kazarian and Daniels have gotten into his head about this crap. Like he, he is like losing focus. He's he's sometimes really showing up for work. When he does show up to wrestle, he is mostly focused on beating up Kazarian Daniels and Kazarian instead of keeping his eyes on the prize. Uh, despite yeah. these difficulties, AJ and Kurt Angle beat. Daniels and Kazarian, and now they're the tag team champions in TNA. Oh, well, that's cool. Our, um, yeah. Fuck. We, okay, what what year was the um, was the Christmas episode that we covered last year? Was that, I feel like that was earlier. Which it was, was wasn't 2000... that like 2010? It was like 2006. 2006 it was pretty far okay, back. So, so 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 angle and angle and, and aj are back on like good terms then because they were not back in 07 okay yeah 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 now they're just, now they're two babyface dudes nice 
Are we are we in all, are we in Kirk Angle territory? Are we in Kirk Angle territory, or is he doing okay right now? A little bit, a little bit. It's definitely there's some some, some different. It's not as bad as like that picture I showed you. Like like holy fuck, what is going on with you, man? But he definitely looks a little weird in certain at certain angles. <laughs> I'm oh, like, huh? Red, like this? Kirk, well, that'll what? be interesting to see in action. Bud, what's yeah? Well, how you, uh, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, so that was Slamversary. Let's get to the impact results for June 14th. Uh, we opened the show with a TNA X Division Ultimate X match, uh, between Austin Aries, Chris Sabin, and Zima Ion, who is DJZ. Okay, fair enough. Like, they just open with an Ultimate X match. It's like, whoa, that's nuts. That's wild. Uh, Austin Aries gets the... Austin Aries gets the dub. And after the, ma- after the match, Aries gets the microphone. He's like, "Over, I came, oh, I came to Impact over a year ago, and there's nobody who can get in the ring with me that I can't beat. I am pound for pound the greatest fighter in TNA, and I want more than just... And so, you know, he, he's an outcomes Hulk Hogan. Oh, and Hulk Hogan's no. like, brother. And Hulk Hogan's like, brother, you were, you might be the greatest wrestler I've ever seen in the ring, dude. Cut that pound for pound crap, brother. You are the best wrestler in TNA, dude, in the ring. Okay. Was not expecting that and from so, Hogan. And so Hogan offers Austin Aries an op- an a, 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 a he gives him a choice is it basically the up is that Austin Aries at the next upcoming pay-per-view Destination X can challenge Bobby Roode for the world title on oh, one condition okay. on one condition he has to give up the X division championship to get the shot okay. he can Interesting. Uh, he's either walking out of Destination X with the wolves walking out with nothing. That's wait, wait. He's or he's walking out with nothing. What he is Hogan saying he has to vacate either way now? What? That's just what he said, man. That's what, what he wanted. Is what he wants. He said oh that's the way he put it. Oh my god! Basically, this is the Don't birth of option C, as they would call it, where basically on an annual basis, usually a destination X. The X Division champion can voluntarily vacate the belt for a shot at the world title. Interesting. Uh, it kind of becomes like the, the it kind of becomes like the best and the worst. It's a lot of attention on the belt that otherwise is just kind of like the mid card belt of TNA. Kind of presents an opportunity for yeah. like a new star and, and to a get cool a shot at the world belt. title. Like 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Like X Division stuff is is awesome and I love it, um, but okay, interesting. On the downside, it also like it turns the X Division into a feeder, kind of a stepping stone title. You know, it kind of becomes like a I gotta win the title so that in the future I can get a world title match. You know, it's not yeah. the the glory of being X Division champion is is not self evident it's because it gets you a title map you can hold on to it 
which like which like okay um that like on i i have i'm of multiple minds about that i feel like it could be done well like a like you know a lot mm-hmm. of times for younger talent like you know holding a mid card belt is in a way an indirect stepping stone to one day holding like a main event belt um but also and and and, and, and also i feel like it could be booked well if done sparingly the question is do i trust 2010's impact to book something like that sparingly well no. they do they do keep it like they do keep it an annual gimmick for the first few years of it like it's a thing you can do at destination x in particular okay. like it's not a thing you can just kind of do whenever but to be fair in the last few years when they've brought it back you could just do it whenever i see so you know I do think there is a, there is a lot. It's still only been done be seven done times though. since it was in. Mm-hmm. It's only been done seven times since they introduced this concept, okay. once per year at most. Okay. Uh, but it's still a bit of a. It's still kind of a controversial element they added to it all. The I of the just you know, dump this belt for a world title match. I, I can see why it would be controversial, and I think and I think like it's very easy to mishandle something like that. I don't know. I personally, I just think you could, in theory, do something cool with that. Sure. sure. I don't know. Any uh, anyway. Uh, but but that but that is the that is the introduction to the to the option C is Hogan presenting Aries with a choice, and he's given Aries a week to think about it, to give him okay. a decision of what he's going to do. Fair enough. Reasonable. Uh, the first the. Next match, next match of the show, the TNA, the the uh, contractually obligated TNA Television Championship match between Hernandez and Devon. Devon gets the win, and uh, spoilers: this will be the last time we get the weekly title defense uh, gimmick because Devon will no will have to vacate the belt because he will enter into contract negotiation issues with TNA and thus not going to he's not going to be on TV for a couple of months oh because he's busy fighting over a contract extension oh no that's unfortunate yeah well, piece of that gimmick. Uh, yeah it lasted like three months at most <laughs> oh no Okay, backstage, AJ was talking to Dixie Carter, and Dick and AJ's like, I can't do this anymore. You know, we can't keep this thing a secret anymore. And Dixie's like, but people are going to get hurt. And AJ's like, people are already getting hurt. We got to get it out there in the open. Tonight. Who, 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 is, who is getting hurt? And um, this leads. Yeah, I guess. AJ and Dixie and Serge. Cool. Are are getting hurt, and that's that's it. I mean, I I guess, but you know, don't pretend like it's some noble like thing you're doing, man. God damn. Yeah. Next up, we get the first match in the Bound for Glory series, which is a delightfully good idea, bad execution. Uh, oh. The Bound basically in 2011, the Bound for the TNA looked at that hot shot promotion called New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is starting to get a oh. little bit of buzz on the internet. And they look at that cool thing they do called the G1 tournament. And they say, ah. hey, what if we did one of those? And somehow they managed to miss the point entirely. What? How? 
I'll get there. Basically, for the uh, uninitiated, the G1 Climax Tournament is one of the biggest annual tournaments, the biggest annual tournament that New Japan puts a, a dozen or a couple of the biggest heavyweights wrestlers in their in their uh, company and the, it's a big grueling round robin tournament that takes place over the course of about a month and a half and the winner originally it was just for the winning the tournament in fact the all the champion all the singles heavyweight world heavyweight champion in new japan matches later in the year if you beat the champ in the tournament you get a title match later oh nice um, uh anyway though in recent years to kind of drum up interest in their biggest annual show out of the stipulation that the winner of the g1 climax will get a world heavyweight championship match in the main event of wrestle kingdom okay so it Damn, and when now you, you may be that, asking, what like, if the world had? Hmm, I was, well, I was gonna say like it's it's almost like a like a it's very Royal Rumble-ish in that regard. Obviously, to a much different extent, but like mm-hmm. ah, nice. I never thought of it that way before. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And then the person who wins the title, who wins the G one, must also defend their title shot against anyone who beat them in the tournament. Because really? it is a round robin tournament, nobody goes unbeaten. Nobody goes unbeaten throughout the tournament. So if you beat the eventual winner, you get a singles match later in the year for a shot at for their G one winnings. Yo, shot. that's insane! What? Uh, and then basically, and I will say the world heavyweight champion still competes in the G one as is tradition, and basically. They the rules while it's never happened, the rules stipulate that it is assumed that if the heavyweight champion were to win the G one, they would get to pick their own opponent at wrestling. Okay, cool. That's sick as hell. Yeah, and so the Bound for Glory series, it was is a tournament of about twelve wrestlers, uh, competing in a round robin ish uh, format. And the winner gets a tight world title match in the main event of their of TNA's biggest show of the year, Bound for Glory. Hence the name uh-huh. Bound for Glory series. Now, I think this could have worked. It's one of those the hypotheticals that a lot of WWE and AEW fans throw around a lot. Is popular. The G1 is a cool format. What if they did a G1? Companies did yeah. a G1. It's usually kind of assume that it can't work quite the same way just tv time this becomes new japan doesn't have weekly television the way that we think about it in america they, they do tour they're a touring company that airs the touring show they do three to four shows a week every single week and that becomes the entire wrestling that they do for a month and a half and that's a and lot. again every wrestler is wrestling and every wrestling multiple times a week, it is difficult to recreate that kind of environment in the in in something like WWE or AEW because they only wrestle once a week on their weekly show. Mm. It would take way too long and take up way too much in ring focus for too long. 
that most people kind of treat like a proper G1 in America to be kind of a bad idea. That's fair. I can understand that. Mm -hmm. Now, TNA would give this a try, and their biggest fail, there are two big failings in my mind. Uh, one, uh, the scoring system. Uh, in the G1, the G1 scoring system is very simple. Uh, two points for a win, uh, whether that be by uh, pinfall, submission, or countout. And one point for a draw or a D or a double DQ situation, and then zero points for a loss for a loss. Obviously, it's very simple, very easy to follow the math of it all. That makes sense. This is the TNA Bound for Glory series scoring system. Oh no! Ten points for a submission victory for a pinfall victory five points for a count out victory. points for a disqualification victory two points for a draw and if you lose by disqualification you lose sometimes they can have special matches that can be worth up to 20 to 25 points at their discretion to whenever they announce that i I like where their head is at. I think it's interesting to have like little stip all these little stipulations added, but that is a lot to keep track mm -hmm. of and probably not the best for making this shit digestible, especially on like a first go round. I don't fucking know. That's 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 a lot. Um, I will admit, even as somebody who likes my shit real extra, that's a, that's a lot. Yes, it is. The second. Yeah have is i it seems like they didn't robin thing in that in the first iteration of the bound for glory series nobody had the same amount of matches in the bound for glory series that seems uh now like a major oversight now some people were taking injuries because samoa joe a gimmick of he thinks this tournament so he's just trying to get himself cued and injure people. What? Why? I mean, why? So, why is that his attitude? I don't know. But that's uh, here are the uh, twelve wrestlers that were included in the twenty eleven Bound for Glory series, and I will tell you how many matches they had. Problem here. Uh, Bobby Roode had sixteen matches. Keep in mind, there are only 12 people in the tournament, so we're already not doing a real round robin. Bully Ray had okay. 16 matches. Gunner had 20 matches and only came in third. James Storm had the 13 matches. Rob Van Dam had 13 matches. AJ Styles had 11 matches. Scott Steiner had 10 matches. Samoa Joe had 10 matches. Crimson had 10 matches before being kayfabe injured. Devon had 15 before being kayfabe injured. Matt Morgan had five before being actually injured. And D'Angelo De Niro had, had 17 matches before being kayfabe injured. Um, that seems unbalanced. Yeah, uh, it's... It kind of seems like they just stuff in this thing. <laughs> it's 
What? Part of the fun of the G1 is that is that going into it, everyone, not only everyone has the same number of maps, everybody, you get the entire schedule for the entire tournament before the tournament starts. So you can look at the schedule, predict, ooh, this looks like a trap game because it's coming off of a difficult map. It's kind of sandwiched between difficult matches and, you know, ooh, this guy wrestling in the main event of his hometown. I bet he's going to like, okay, here are the final matches of the tournament. Who is probably going to be in a position to win? Because obviously they're going to book it so that the final matches are the most narratively important for who wins the tournament. Okay. All right. Interesting. Like New Japan puts, like New Japan's is very structured and rigid and everyone yeah. knows up front when everybody's wrestling everybody else so you yeah. can build hype for those matches they just kind of did matches on a week-to-week -week basis and said this is for the bound for glory series with no ability to follow like left how who is who is still in contention who is out of the running this sounds deeply fucked up okay who knows the scoring, the scoring thing i was like kind of amenable to even if it seemed like overdone but like what what is this shit what why why is this shit what is happening i don't know at some point they just had the tournament finals where bully ray Want beat James Storm by DQ. Bobby Roode beat Bully Ray in a tiebreaker match to win the whole thing. Okay, base. Also, I want to point out that also, also un so counted towards the so they can get around the fact that we only have one show a week. They also included house shows, but unlike New Japan watch those matches doesn't yeah what what is happening why are they doing this fuck it was such a cute idea and then they just did every stupid every stupid thing possible ah yes i see it is my my stream now never mind Yes, anyway, so very, very dumb. It's all dumb. Yes. That's very dumb. And so this first very to stupid. kick yeah. off bound to kick off the bound for glory series, we get a 20 man gauntlet match where the winner gets 20 points. Again, they just have matches. Sure, I guess. That's that's a choice. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. It is a you know it's a it's a gauntlet match. Every top rope and out of the floor. So they do a Royal Rumble match. Call it a gauntlet battle royal. Fantastic. Great. Uh, James, James Storm gets the win by last eliminating Samoa Joe. So James Storm starts with a 20-point advantage in the uh, Bound for Glory series. I will be keeping track of these and keeping you all updated on the math of this insanity as we go along. 
Oh, thank you. I, I can't wait to, to barely comprehend what the fuck is happening. Anyway, after the match, uh, James Storm got on the microphone and kind of re-explained his motivations of like how his daughter was is, is showed him how much wrestling meant to her as well as to him and how he's doing it for his little girl and he's coming back and he's going to kick Bobby Roode's ass. Oh, man, his whole ass? That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway... Uh, in, in backstage, Kurt Angle yells at AJ for letting Daniels and Kazarian screw with him, and he's like, "Dude, get your shit together." And AJ's like, "Sorry, will do." Based. Uh, the next match is a non-title match between Madison Rain and the new Miss Tessma, the new champion Miss Tessmacher. Um, Madison Rain is in a gimmick right now where she has a C. She has a secretly secret crush on the roster. On the whole roster? Like it was like there's someone on the roster she oh, has a crush on. She's oh, okay. not uh, she has a secret crush on just the concept of the roster. <laughs> anyway. D- duh, of course. Duh, obviously. Yeah, duh. Uh now she has been making appearances in during like the Devon Robbie E Robbie T Garrett Bischoff matches, mm-hmm. so like I feel like it's implied it's one of the bromance. I would be funnier if it was Devon. That would be really. But funny. we also, but we, but we don't know yet where that's going. Oh. Anyway, Miss Miss Tessmacher gets the dub, of course. Of course. And in the back, in the back, Brooke Hogan talks with gail kim and gail kim is like i want my knockouts title rematch and i want it immediately thank you oh do they have a and rematch hogan is like, and did did, did did hogan bring that shit they, with him they do yeah, they do uh but brooke hogan is, is like well let me tell you something brother <laughs> uh you see she's basically like, you see dude uh your contract says that you do get a title stipulate match rematch, but it doesn't say when you get a title rematch. So because you're annoying me, enjoy your vacation. For <laughs> weeks. Okay. So Brooke Hogan is considering multiple women for a title match on this episode, this episode. Uh, but she, uh, yes, but it will not be Gail Kim. It will not be Gail Kim because fuck you. Brooke Hogan said, because fuck you, yes. Uh, then the main event match of the show, uh, Bobby Roode versus Mr. Anderson. 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 For the world championship. And uh, Bobby Roode gets the dub. So Exciting. How exciting. He is he is still the champion. We go, we cut back to Dixie Carter and AJ Styles talking about this secret of theirs that they're finally gonna reveal to the world. And Dixie says she needs a week to get things in order. So, yes, on this this episode is we're getting we're getting to the, the secret. secret. Don't worry about it. The secret. Yeah. So Dixie. So Dixie reassures AJ they're going to get through this. It's okay. But yeah, that's that's the big selling point of this episode is the reveal of the secret they have been hiding and that according to Daniels and Kazarian is an affair between Dixie and AJ. I okay, this this is this is about to get weird. This is about to get real weird. Um oh boy. Ho howdy. Alrighty then. 
you have no idea. Um, <laughs> then the, the main event segment of the evening. Oh, before that, though, I do want to talk about is hype up for next week, a.k.a. this week, is Open Fight Night. This is another Bischoff-Hogan gimmick they've added to the program. Basically, on a monthly basis, an episode of Impact is called Open Fight Night. And the gimmick is call out anyone else in the locker room for a match. And if you get called out, you are contractually obligated to accept the challenge. That's a lot. I don't I don't hate the open fight night idea. Maybe don't do it as often. Um, yes, I, I agree. It feels excessive interesting. that way. Yes, a little bit. Anyway, it's open fight night, bitch. Uh, next week... <laughs> And also next week is the return of TNA Gut Check. Let's talk about that. So TNA Gut Check is a gimmick they invented as a way to kind of like do tryout matches and turn them into on-screen television products. Basically, the the original incarnation of TNA Gut Check that we are still a part of at this point in time was basically like you'd have this unsigned guy come onto the rock, come in and have a match with an established member of the roster. They okay. would pretty much always lose, though I think once or twice the the uh, sign the potential signee did win. And then the next week, a panel of judges, this panel of judges can't wait for this, of Bruce Pritchard, Al Snow, and Taz judge these in these incoming wrestlers performances and then they have a big segment in the ring where they vote yes or no to sign them and if two-thirds of them vote yes they get signed is that is that shoot is that for real is that like yes it is it is completely shoot how they do that how okay how the fuck do they like Damn, that's a lot of power to like put in the hands of those three dudes. Um, yeah, they like we do know there's this is like legit stuff because there was a con the later versions of the gimmick would have two different, um, two different signees wrestle each other and then they would pick who gets voted on to be signed. And there was controversy by the original version of this Brian Cage versus Jay Bradley. You may remember Deadlock ranting about this. Um, but they told Brian Cage that don't worry, like you're, we're going to sign you. This TNA gut check thing is just a gimmick to get you on TV, introduce you to the yeah. audience. And then they picked Jay Bradley to be voted on. What? And they didn't sign Brian Cage. What? So. What the hell? Wait, that's so fucked up. Yes. yes, it is. So next week we'll have a TNA gut check match. Exciting. Oh, um, the first two versions of the gut check. That works. Okay. Yeah, the first version of the gut check uh, was Alex Silva, a wrestler who accomplished literally nothing in his career. Not a damn thing. Um, besides this, huh. uh, had his tryout match, was universally voted yes to be signed and then again did nothing wait 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 wait, wait. i just i just realized there's an extra layer of fucked to this 
So you're you're scheduled, you know, to to wrestle a worked match, and then mm-hmm. they decide. Wouldn't there possibly be some bias on like you know whoever ends up winning like looking better? Wouldn't it be harder for the person who isn't like scheduled to go over to like make themselves look really good? Like this seems stupid. Yeah, on a lot of levels. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, tryout matches exist and have existed forever, of course, but those usually happen, like, before the show or, like, as dark matches. Yeah. You know? They don't, you don't air this on television. And you this don't kind of have on television. And you don't have a commission, a committee of three on-screen fuck... Well, I guess Bruce Pritchard probably wasn't on-screen, but, like, you don't have, like, nah, a random wasn't. committee of, like, three dudes on the spot decide on that person's employment status after one tryout match what yeah it's weird i uh the second incarnation of the second ver sorry excuse me, the second edition of uh pre-invincible so, so he's, he's huh. now just <laughs> kind of a cocky flamboyant dude they they lost an aries and the committee was kind of like and they're like, I think we see the talent here, but we don't have attitude. And then voting no, because it basically goes Pritchard votes no, Al Snow votes yes, even if he doesn't like Joey. And then it comes down to hit Taz, and Joey Ryan cuts a promo to kind of sell himself, and he just mostly comes off like an arrogant twat. And so, and so, um, and so Taz is like, you know what, for that, but uh, what I don't the like hell? the cut of your jib. And then back this week on backstage at in and then the next week they do a promo where Joey Ryan is like bitching to the camera about how about how he's such a hot prospect they let go and all these people here are stupid. It's That's so insane. This is all so insane. This is all really fucking insane. Yep, and you're going to get to experience this insanity yourself because oh, we God, are doing okay. the gimmick. We are doing the gimmick on this series so of episodes. So much is happening. What the fuck? Anyway, Joey Ryan hasn't been back, so they actually, apparently didn't actually sign him. You'd think that if they were running a gimmick like this, they would like sign him to continue an angle here, but apparently not. Um, but no, but no, fuck you. Yeah, and then he won't be back in Impact until he is like an established. Well, he's pretty established on the Indies now, but he, he's he'll he'll get viral for the dick suplex thing, and then <laughs> he, then he'll come back to Impact on a regular basis. Good, good. Or he'll How be, exciting! He'll be part of he'll be part of a group called Cancel Culture, which was exactly oh, what you think it is. No, come on. Well, that's well, that's not true. That's not true. He plays the canceler. He is not canceled. Either <laughs> he way, cancels though. other people. Either way, though. Oh my god. And then speaking out would happen, and he would get fired, and yada 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 yada. Anyway, that's gut check. So want to throw that in there. Cool. Uh, then they main event the show with uh, Jeremy Borash introducing the Hall of Fame induction video for Steve. 
Sting. And then Sting comes out and like cuts a promo, like saying how great it is. That was one of the greatest moments of his career. And, you know, he had a great match with Bobby Roode and he's so thankful for this Hall of Fame induction. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, a bunch of masked men hit the ring in the middle of all this Claire Lynch bullshit. We're also going to get the start of Aces and Eights. Yeah, I've heard about this and I've heard that it's stupid and I know nothing else. So basically, the gimmick is NWO if it was like Sons of Anarchy. So, bikers? Yes, it's a biker. They're a biker gang that is taking over the lock, this locker room. That's <laughs> and they're and like, and like nobody knows the identities of most of the biker gang. Like the reveals of who are the members of um, of the of uh, Aces and Eights becomes like a plot beat, and it actually for the first nine months is actually considered pretty good. It's the last nine months. It also falls into the you know, NWO problem of being way, way, way too long. You know, uh, the, I, 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 I'm, I make fun of of Eric Bischoff for having exactly one idea in in WCW with the with the NWO. It's really good and assuring to know that he when he went over to tna he also only had one idea the entire he's time, like guys and that was the end let's of do the but sons of anarchy had started airing by this point it started and it got really popular and also let's let's and also let's tank our ratings let's just tank our ratings while we're at it please Yes. So delightful. Uh, I would I would also go into the fact that the uh, let's say that they didn't quite have a Hall, Nash, and Hogan to be in the NWO. Uh, they but have a Hogan. Why spoil the? They have a, they fun have a sting. Surprises. Why foil foil all the fun surprises of who is actually in the Aces and Eights? <laughs> quite yet. Uh, I am very concerned. Yeah, so that is so they basically that's the big main <laughs> event ending angle is is Sting getting beaten down by three masked men and absolutely nobody helping him because he might be even though that everyone talked in the video package about how awesome and and like inspiring Sting was and well yeah well fuck they were still not gonna save him or anything. um. Yeah, yeah, that's well, what I if you would like if you would like to watch along with us watch the uh, June 21st 2012 episode of Impact you can do that on Impact Plus I don't think I mean it might be too but I haven't seen it um but I and David are we are going to be watching on uh, on Impact Plus which is Impact's service Yes. Uh, is uh, yeah, they have almost all of the TV now. They're That's in the exciting. middle of 20, they have everything up to 2013, 2015, and 16. And then, like, from past, I think, like, a March of 2016, they have everything up to now. 
as well as all the pay-per-views. So they have most of TNA history here. And obviously everything that we're going to be covering on this arc. Yes. Uh, yeah, yes. So uh, that 2012 catalog is nice you. and full, baby. Yep. So we will be back in the back half to discuss the June 21st, 2012 episode of TNA Impact. Holy shit. And we are back. We have finished the June 21st, 2012 episode of TNA Impact. That we did. Yep. I I have to say, yeah. whatever I was expecting, based uh-huh. on the limited information you gave me, it was not this. Yes, okay. So... So, so I just want to, but I want to preface this from the beginning. Is I own, I know all the twists and turns of this stupid arc. I have to to be able to do the podcast. Correct. That's how it works. I am. There is nothing I'm more excited about than getting your feelings on this storyline as we go along with it, knowing that you know nothing about it. You don't know any of the twists, and I, I am so ready. Wait. Wait, hold up. Twists, plural. Yeah, obviously it's not just the one twist. That would be, t- if it was just this one twist, we wouldn't make a whole arc out of it. There's too I don't much. Know. It's a pretty fucked up twist. I could get mileage nah. out of just this on its own. No, we got more to go. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, good. So, this, this is an episode all about um airing dirty laundry shall we say um, that actually actually now that you say it that fits in really well with the open fight night concept which is a lot of like i'm calling out people i got beef with fuck you you know it's that's fair it thematically you, works yeah that it's it's like poetry it works so, exactly and and i feel like I feel like this moment we're going to get to at the end is a true, I don't want to oversell it. It feels like a bit of a spit take moment, but I've, I'm not going to coordinate a whole spit take. I've done one of those on this show before. Instant regret. Didn't even mean to do it on purpose. Never do it again. <laughs> Made sure. for a very funny moment, though. Yeah. So in that theme, I am going to treat this as if I, I were a, a, a housewife, or I suppose a house husband. And I had my TNA, my stories, if you will, on in the background. Well, I yeah. do I do chores waiting for my hot, flexible, breadwinning wife to come. <laughs> uh, gotta, you better make sure you have dinner on first. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it might get burned with how with how shit ends here. But so I am going to be spending this this is a very stupid because this will not translate to audio. I'm gonna be spending this episode doing my folding some laundry so that so that I can get a a little bit thematic with it and b. I'm glad I'm not the so only one who has chores done. I'm glad I'm not the and only one. C, who has a, I'm glad I'm not the only one who has a prop that isn't gonna translate to audio. Hey, that's to be fair, Austin. That is how props on a podcast work. I that's guess. 
not like people could see them. Um, so. yeah, we're, we're adding prop bits to the podcast. Let us know in the comments. Let, Let us know, know you in think the comments how you think about that. Hey, hey, Cam, I know you're listening. Message me what you think about the props. Um, uh, so, and then so I can have a proper, a proper have this on in the background and then what the fuck I'm, I'm in this all of a sudden moment at the end. All right. So all that in mind, let's do this. Okay. Yeah, okay. First thing starts off, we get a previously on impact. Yeah. yeah. Uh they've been doing that, that and I they've been doing that since I've been watching it and I fucking love it. <laughs> did not realize that I had accidentally again, Himbo House Husband, did not did not realize I'd accidentally switched to fucking TLC uh, to, to catch one of their reality shows with this previously on ass narration that they have going. Um, yeah, man, it was awesome. I didn't dislike it necessarily, but I was also like, it feels like I'm actually tuning into an episode of, I don't know, fucking Cake Boss. What do the kids watch today? I don't know. Uh, but basically the previously on segment covers james storm uh and his like coming back from being on the ranch playing with his cows or whatever and now <laughs> that sounds dirty and now he's back and he's at the top of the bound for glory series leaderboard after winning the battle royal that was worth 20 points oh that okay that explains something later i kind of missed that part i was just like I was I was literally just checking the fucking like stream to make sure I was watching the right thing. Okay, cool. Yes, he the the battle royal bonus match was worth twenty, which is twice as much as the, as any one individual and match can theoretically be worth. Every little bit of new info I get about how the fuck the Bound for Glory series works, the stupider it gets. Like I was willing to kind of go off to bat for the concept, and then it just keeps getting more convoluted. There are actually parts. There is a part of this concept that I really like. When we get to it, they they did, but we will get there. And then they, you know, and they also explain the Austin Aries. You know, the, the his he's got to make a choice. Is he gonna? give up the belt for a shot at the world title uh yes he's uh he's been offered uh this opportunity by hulk hogan and now he needs to make a decision yep and so and then sparklers so many may may i say the fucking the 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 pyro at the beginning felt rhythmic like it felt like it was going like bum ba da bum ba da bum ba da bum. It's almost like a drum beat. It was cool as fuck. I actually yeah. like got down with that. Um, and then I thought we moved away from 1997, and yeah, it to wah wah. Yeah, yeah, it is. It shifted and slower. This Austin, this is like peak 2012 nostalgia bait Hogan. He's such a hot dogging and grandstanding brother. Like he's got the NWO theme and the NWO colors, but he's acting like Hulk Hogan vanilla flavor. And it's very, it's, oh my God. It's so like you, this was such a fucking vanity project for you. You prick. Um, Such a mishmash. He's just going for the ring. Well, you know something, sometimes when you ask for change, you better be ready for it. Because when change happens, you make some friends and you make some enemies along the way. And 
Hogan says that what happened last week with the Stinger was unprecedented. And we will find out who those men are. We will find you. But I, they will not, they will not be know, getting any more publicity. You know, I feel like Hogan should have a lot more, like, experience than uh, i feel you should have a lot more knowledge about fake stings you think you'd think after all this time he'd have learned how to deal with an epidemic of fake stings um it just keeps haunting him haunting but his nightmares it's both the bound for glory series and open fight night tonight with bound for glory and open fight night anything can happen but hogan he he came out because he told austin aries at eight o'clock he needed to tell him if he was going to go for greatness or go for broke. And it's a little after eight, brother. And he, I'm waiting for an answer, dude. Also, I saw some kid in the crowd. Like, they're, they're Hogan's got these promo and they're panning over the crowd. I saw some kid that I swear to God looks like he's wearing Darby Allen makeup. That's not possible temporally, no. but I swear to God, he's got a fucking half skull on his face. And I want to know why. Yeah. Huh? Oops. Yeah, um, but uh, Hulk Hogan on the Brother Jack Duda meter uh, oh, was oh, it's off the chart. Maxed out tonight. And these brother. again, Max nostalgia bait Hogan. Uh, 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 fucking and these these indie these indie ass marks are just so hyped to see him. They are losing their mother fucking mind. For yeah. all, for every brother Jack and dude that comes out of that deeply terrible man's mouth. But then, Austin, speaking of deeply terrible men, Austin Aries comes out. Hey, true. To answer the challenge. Uh, there's a big, there's big Austin Aries chance. And he's like, yes, I know my name. Thank you. I know my name. Thank you very much. Uh, That's Ho funny. Aries says that Hogan has presented him. With an interesting opportunity. Wait, 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 wait. I, I do want to point out before he says that, um, Hogan goes for the handshake when Aries gets in the ring, and Aries says no business first. Uh, bitch, as if seventy five percent of business is not just handshakes. All right, you're not you're not hot shit yet. Cal calm the fuck down. I, ca I command well, you. Well, I mean, guy calls himself the greatest man who ever lived, so you know. Yeah, how is this not a heel persona? <laughs> I don't know, but apparently it's not. I don't understand that. Apparently anyway, it's over. Yeah, he's, you know, Hogan present him an opportunity, a chance to bypass all the Bound for Glory people. We're just openly talking about how we are currently having a 12-man tournament to determine a title shot, and then Aries gets to just cut on the line in the front of all of that. I know! All this convoluted shit, and, and Aries just, actually, no, fuck you, I'm still first in line ahead of all of you. So, all this convoluted shit for a second contender. Yeah. Fuck off. Have, have you heard what's been going on all week? Have you heard what these people want you to do, brother? Uh, Aries says he has two options. He's take, you know, he can take Hogan's deal and challenge Rude. Or option B, keep the X Division Championship and continue being the most dominant champion in TNA. Uh, that feels wrong when Rude is the longest reigning champion in the company, but okay. Well, yeah. uh, well now here's the thing. Option A should be a no-brainer. Everyone wants to ascend to the top. On the other hand, this X Division title was the title this company was built on. They're, they're trying so hard to say this belt is equal to the world title, and maybe at one point it was. 
2012, no way, brother. 2012, mid-card-ass shit. You know, Aries says he's afraid if he just hands his title over, it'll mean nothing. So he tried to think of a way to make sure this belt became as valuable as it's ever oh been. Oh, God. No so way. He came up with option C. We've been and Hogan is like incensed by this. Hogan is like, whoa, whoa now. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute, brother. Oh, wait I a laid minute. it out nice and straight for you. We, we've, you know, we've established I, in the back, brother. All ideas are my ideas. What the fuck are you trying to do here, dude? Hogan says he has too much respect for the X Division. X to doubt. Absolutely not. <laughs> real. Absolutely real. To let Ares be a double champion. So if Ares has an option C, he better be one hell of a visionary and lay it out real straightforward, brother, because I don't play games. And and Aries says, actually, option C, my idea to make the X Division belt more prestigious is is to to make it so everyone can always cash in. Is to turn it into glorified money in the fucking bank. Are you shitting me? Yeah, we've called it option C because that's what the term is called. Like it's now known as option C. And now. We know why is is Aries' brilliant idea is option A, except everyone can do it, not just option. him. Yeah, and Hulk Hogan goes, "Wow, brother, that's actually a really ge- genius idea, dude." Yeah, okay. Aries does clarify that it ha- that it only can happen going into the destination X. Like again, like again, only- glorified money in the fucking bank. Once it's the money year. in the bank you can cash in once a year only. Yes. <clears throat> and Hogan says, Aries, he's as quick, you're as quick on your feet as you are in your mind, dude. I'm in. I am, I am so surprised they actually got Hogan to say that. <laughs> then again, Hogan's going to go in the back and be like, well, yeah, I told Aries to say that. That was my idea all along, brother. Yeah, brother. But then Bobby Roode, are you two freaking kidding me? Bobby Roode is here to be very unpleasant toward Hogan and Aries. Bobby Roode asks Aries who he thinks he is, thinking he can dictate what happens in his company. And the crowd also, is like, piling up Roode. Hold the fuck up. So Aries comes out here in like nice pants, a, uh, a <laughs> sports jacket, you know, like a t-shirt underneath. Bobby Roode comes out here like in fucking like full ass suit why all these dudes around here really love wearing suits does impact have like a backstage dress code what the fuck why are they just casually walking around in suit now granted i casually walk around in suits sometimes it makes me feel nice however i yeah rude says that little paper championship he wears means nothing to him this belt right here is the real world championship and Root says Aries has made the biggest mistake of his life. He is no X Division wrestler. He is God's gift to professional wrestling. The It Factor, the longest reigning world champion in company history. And he will prove it at Destination X. Destination X known. Anyway. I do um, know. I, it's not Destination Unknown. We're going to X. I mean, to be fair, X is a variable. Uh, indirectly, that is destination unknown. Gasp. Ah-ha-ha. Um, so, uh, 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 so 
Ares is like, all right, bitch, it's open fight night. Let's fucking go right now. Why don't you log um, on down here and embarrass me right now? Yeah. And so he's like, okay, sure. For some reason, this does not turn into an official open fight night match, even though Austin Aries just effectively declared it as one. The that two is, that does sound pretty open fight nighty, but we got eight matches to do on this episode. We don't have time for it. But we don't have to. Clearly this shit's being booked on the fly in kayfabe. Yeah, that's, tr- we'll get to that. <laughs> um, yes. But Aries and each Rude, other, All the refs have to separate them. Yeah, um, Aries, Aries, when he gets separated, you can hear him yelling, piece of shit. Come on. You ain't tough. Yeah. And they say, they say, they say Bobby Roode is the um, uh, tactless one. I'm, yeah, try- I'm, trying to, then, I'm trying to avoid the obvious pun here. But yeah, then. But then. Mr. Anderson. Yeah, so Mr. Anderson comes out. Turns out we got, like, a lot of plot cooking here. We do. Guys, 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 guys. I could sit and watch you two pound the snot out of each other. And by all means, when I'm finished, please continue. (laughs) Anderson says he doesn't care who wins at Destination X because... The man from Green Bay, Wisconsin, Mr. Anderson. You ever think, you ever, you you ever wonder if he like got, if he ever like, and got got close to like saying the wrong name? Like he'd been saying Miss, Mr. Kennedy for so long. There's gotta be, you slip up at some point, right? Well, it helps that it's just his own actual name. So it's like, all I gotta do is say my real name. But can you imagine if on one of his, like, name pops, he accidentally said Kennedy? That would be really yeah. funny. I I actually really enjoyed this whole segment after Hogan and Aries stopped sucking yeah, each other Yeah, I off. did too. <laughs> like, Rude, I love Rude. I, Rude is kind of awesome here. This yeah, is- like, I, it's, I, I don't have context for for bobby root outside of this um so like i'm not getting a whole lot of character like he's kind of batista-esque to me right now but like that's fair but like you know decent first impression like i'm like all right this is a guy that can work a mic he's clearly physically impressive i would be uh, i would be interested in seeing more of him um Mm -hmm. sort of thing and Uh, they're they're uh, they're interweaving stuff here because they're like because with Mr. Anderson coming in to be like yeah whatever I don't really care which of you's winning. Well, okay, so this is even more wild. So Anderson also is in line for the belt. So really, Winner of the Bound for Glory series is like two contenderships back. No, he's saying no. He's saying that he's going to win the BFG series, and that's why he's in contention. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I oh yes, he did. For some reason, I thought he just also had a contendership. No, uh, he's he's just saying he's going to win the BFG series, and I got to applaud a man who can get a pop line out of his own hometown. <laughs> like, yeah, anyone can just pop, can just say the town, the name of the place they're currently in, and get a pop for it. This man gets a pop for saying where he's from. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, those those motherfuckers were very excited to shout out Green Bay, man. You know, I respect it. Um, so, uh, yeah, there are no matches pre-booked for tonight. Open fight. Well, night. no, there's, there's two matches they pre-booked. 
is are well the women's okay. match the women's matches are canonically already booked. Oh well, yeah, one of them being the fucking gut gut check, check. and then the women's and then it was known there would be a women's title match. There just they there would be a women's Nintendo. title match. It's just not. Yeah. Um, so uh, so I, I did I did kind of wonder like what's the backstage protocol for open fight night like. Does everybody have to be there? Yes. Do you just like yes. draw your name in a lottery? Like no, the no they talk they talk about this last because they talked about this last time they did open fight night. Is it like every member of the roster is required to show up in gear just in case? And yet, and yet, both Bobby Roode and Austin Aries get to just walk around in full ass like suits. Don't, and nice- don't think about that too hard. Open fight night is an absolute cheese of a concept, and the, and the more you think about the logistics of it, the less it makes sense. So don't. Somebody just really wanted to make an open mic night pun. That was all this was, and they worked yep. backwards from there. Yep. Uh, I did make a note because I was I was like, seems like I w- I made a joke in my notes that couldn't you just challenge whoever in the locker room whether they're in the bfg series or not but apparently no you can only challenge bfg series people because everyone sticks to that so i so i guess so i guess this is my note down here it's open fight night except when it isn't it's open fight night except you can only challenge one of 10 11 other people yeah so like so actually the whole locker room did not need to show up this time only fucking bfg dudes Great. And also, how do you determine? Uh, this is less of a thing with this episode because all the BFG, all the open fight nights are BFG matches. How do you determine who's allowed to go out there and like call someone out? Like, how does that get broken up in kayfabe here? That's a great question. You think they have like a lottery? You think like you put your name in a hat? Um, or do you or- have to do you have to argue to Hogan and be like, I want to call someone out? Oh my god. Uh, honestly, probably. Definitely gotta go backstage and politic to Hogan a little bit. Or maybe you just, like, when it's open fight night time, everybody fucking rushes for the door and whoever, like, kicks enough other dudes in the nuts first and makes it out there wins. Could also be the case. You, 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 look, look, they still have much to stipulate on, okay? Uh, yeah, but anyway, Anderson says that he wants to challenge a guy who has the balls to attempt to destroy a man's family. Christopher Daniels, get your ass out here. Christopher Daniels backstage sipping on an apple teeny. And he- <laughs> Which, Taz, Taz goes, hey, you better put down that apple teeny. And Christopher Daniels, who, so Taz is on commentary. And Christopher Daniels, I guess hearing him over the like TV monitor they're watching, goes i'm not putting down my drink screw that and he just walks out apple teeny in hand um, he does put it down to have the match but it was absolutely amazing he just refused to leave the drink unattended man i kind of i kind of wish that like he had tried to keep the apple teeny afloat for the whole match that would have been so funny it's not that it's impossible to do i watched an orange cassidy versus colt cabana match where the entire conceit of the match is orange cassidy didn't want to put his beer down and so he wrestles holding the beer in his hand and desperately trying to not lose it that's incredible holy shit um so uh so yes uh it is it it is uh Mr. Kennedy, Miss or sorry, fuck, I did it. Mr. Anderson. Anderson. Uh, 
By the, by the way, why does he say his name twice? He goes, Mr. Anderson. Anderson. Why does he say his name twice? Because that's what he did in the WWE. Because he did Mr. Kennedy. Kennedy. Why did he do it in the WWE? I assume it's in a like a fake. I assume it's like a like an echo effect joke of he like, like he's echoing. Wait, he just I, says, no, I don't know. I just know that that he does it in WWE. He goes Kennedy, Kennedy. So now he's got to do Anderson. Anderson. So, yeah, so, so it's Mr. Anderson versus Christopher Daniels and Christopher Daniels is Apple teeny. Um, and uh, apparently Joseph Park Esquire. Joseph Park is, is in the crowd, guys. He is in. He is in the audience watching. Uh, you know the 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 lawyer man. They're just so obsessed with this one guy being in the yeah. audience. We also learn that on top of everything from all the weird points shit. Uh, there is a 10-minute time limit on Brown for Glory matches. Why are there I, so many rules? I like that, actually, because it's, first of all, it's a play on the uh, G1 rules, which have 30-minute time limits, and then they cut that down this year to 20 minutes to make uh. it a little quick because they have more rest matches and more people. Uh, but I kind of like the idea of putting a strict time limit on it. It makes the matches go super-de-duper fast, and it also does help solve one of the problems I mentioned with doing a G1 tournament on television is that's so much in-ring wrestling to devote on a per-episode basis to make it feel even remotely like the G1. This so is... requiring all the matches to be short but sweet helps fix that problem. This is true. I, I will confess myself at a bit of a crossroads here. I'm not sure how I feel about all of these like sprint matches. Cause it feels like, it feels like a weird, like purgatory between like WWE style wrestling and AEW style wrestling. And it's specifically like nineties, two thousands WWE with like short ass matches, but they do got work rate though. Um, yeah. Like, it's not like, you know, We've seen like two mid two thousands WWE to early twenty tens WWE. Their TV matches are short, and also everyone starts just working rest holds like they don't have only like five minutes, and so you can yeah. just start doing things. You know, you don't you don't have to slow it down. But I so guess I didn't appreciate do. that. But I, as a boy who enjoys some longer matches, it's also like, and and we're seeing these really cool matchups. I'm like, God, give me something a little more here. I feel like I feel like it's a very specifically 2012 TNA ability to be able to make this work, right? Because like if you try to do this now, you run into two issues of one, a lot of hardcore fans know what the G1 is now and they know that it's like this is where you're going to have a bunch of match of the year contender matches. And so like if you try to sit there and be like 10 minute limit, bro, people would be like what the fuck? Yeah, and it and also if AEW tried to do that, try to do this and do ten minute matches, people would be like, "Hey, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> why why do these be so short though?" Right, like TNA wasn't suit wasn't known for like twenty minute work rate rep matches. Even peak X division stuff did kind of top out at about ten minutes on TV. You know, they all they knew how to they knew how to like pack it in in a short amount of time and. Like, the G1 is, in 2012, something that, like, the really, really hardcores know about. Yeah. Like, like 
TNA had the relationship with New Japan and it was a good idea to take from New Japan, but a lot of the wrestling audience wasn't really familiar with the G1 to be like, hey, yo, these are some short-ass matches you're doing here for a G1 knockoff concept. So I I, I like the 10-minute sprints. If for nothing else, it's kind of new for us on the podcast. Yeah. I I don't necessarily dislike them. I, I do enjoy... Okay, I I feel like I'm having a, like an ever evolving opinion on the Bound for Glory series. I I think like I I enjoy some convoluted shit, and I can appreciate kind of what they're going for with trying to make this feel like a legitimate like uh like really technical tournament. Um. I think the point scoring is a little, like, overboard. Like, there are a few too many categories when you're probably not going to get that kind of, like, variety in the, yeah, in the and matches. It's, and, it's like, hard, and it's harder for people to keep up with. Like, that was It feels like wasting your resources. It's harder for people to come up with. Um, like, and also, I do, are, like... one already perfected the concept, which was stealing from soccer. Uh, two yeah. points for a win. How many wins they got? They got four wins. Okay, they got eight points. Yeah, uh, and and there are there are a couple other flaws I'll talk about later on a more technical level. But like, I I do appreciate the kind of desperate energy there is to the BFG series. Like, mm-hmm. it does feel like a big grand, like once a year scramble for a big opportunity. Um, and I can appreciate that in concept. In execution, mm-hmm. I think it's a little clunky. And yeah. and it leaves the episode feeling a little too empty for me. Like, I don't hate the 10-minute sprints, but when it's an episode of entirely 10-minute sprints, I'm like, I, I need I, I need a little something a little more. Yeah, I think I get why they booked it this way, is they wanted to kind of get everyone a match on the board and mm-hmm. take advantage of the open fight night gimmick. And like build this the drama of like picking from who's left, kind of a thing. Yeah. But like it's it's definitely the store episode is hurt by the fact that there's basically no other there's like two other plot lines going on besides the BFG series, and the BFG series is just matches. Yes. Like and it's it's, it's actually it's, it's a remarkably it's a story it's a story light episode. And I don't, and I don't think it's going to be like this every single week, every single time. But a common criticism of the BFG series is that so much time is in ring time is devoted to the BFG series yeah. relative to anything else happening. And it keeps feeling a little, and it keeps things feeling a little bit homogenous. Hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, this us Daniels and Anderson was a fun sprint to me. Yeah, they were. Um, like I had trouble keeping up with notes. I was I was out here trying to do like beat by beat like I do for Man, matches. And I, I was like, did Jesus not. Christ. I immediately gave up on any semblance of match notes. I um, definitely calmed down a little bit as time went on, but first match I was like, all right, let's try to do this. And then I tried it and I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Uh, not happening. Uh, but yeah, I mean these guys are just going back and forth, a lot of strikes, a lot of trying to trying to get in holds on they they do sell i think on this episode the idea of like t- more points for submissions so multiple people so a few people are trying to do submissions because they want 
the the bonus points. Yeah, I'll talk about this a little more when we get to the Kurt Angle match. Um, uh, on commentary, meanwhile, they're plugging the Impact Facebook page. Oh yes, real winner there. Um, and and their Twitter hashtag. Not their Twitter account to follow. Well, yeah, the only Twitter account that TNA ever pushed was Dixie's account. Like, TNA Dixie, they would always hype her Twitter, but they're not like TNA Twitter. Absolutely not. That's so... Ah, yes, because when I want to really dig in with the IWC, what do I follow? A fucking Facebook page. Oh, yeah, baby. That's the stuff right hey, there. Hey, man. And, and... friends. Text Tweet your, your followers. TNA is now is now live at eight because they, they did stand up for impact. Yeah, they're doing the gimmick now. In the last couple of weeks, they moved to now they used they were a tape show that aired at nine. Now they are a yeah. live weekly show airing at eight. I'm sure TNA could really afford that kind of expenses, just like they can afford regular touring. Absolutely. Totally. Oh yeah. Anyway, and against Raw, uh, you know, just just email your grandma about it. It'll be fine. Yeah, email your grandma. She'll call you a fucking Mark again. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, she's like, didn't we go through this already? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Uh, Taz on commentary says Anderson isn't feeling. Um, uh, so so uh, so Taz is like. Anderson isn't isn't really feeling what CD is doing to ruin people's lives, but also that's really Dixie and AJ's fault at the end of the day. You know, I'm just, I'm just fucking saying. Uh, Taz is out here like ready to play therapist for Dixie and AJ. Like he's like he's like, well, you know, really, it's their fault. You know, really, somebody should talk to them about that. I I should talk to them about this. Are you okay? I I wish that we didn't. Almost I almost wish that this plot beat had been pushed back a week. So that we could have Taz trying to do an intervention. <laughs> bro, bro, I'm just saying, I think sometimes the in-ring talk show shit can be annoying. I think a lot of the times in-ring talk show segments can be annoying. However, would I mark the hell out if if we got a therapist couch segment from Taz, from the Tasmaniac? Absolutely the fuck I would. <laughs> so, yes. so, you, so you're saying, so you're saying... He punched you in the yam bags. How did that make you yam bag? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, Dixie, you've seen, you've seen, you've seen AJ's yam bags. <laughs> no, I have. Got that right? Got that right? Oh, come on. We've all seen AJ's yam bags. You don't gotta, I, I've seen AJ's yam bags plenty of times. You, there's no shame in it. It's not, no, this is a no judgment zone. All right. Unless you, unless you're wearing orange, then I fucking hate you. That's true. That's gimmick infringement. That's gimmick infringement, uh, and I and I will have to bill you extra. Um, yeah, uh, but basically the match ends. Um, Anderson goes for the mic check, which is a big which slam of course his end. fucking finisher is called the mic. The check. mic check. That's correct. Uh, yeah. Christopher Daniels counters. He hits a blue thunder bomb, which is kind of a spinning sit out power bomb. Two count. Anderson is going to set up for the Arabian moonsault. Uh, but Anderson, but uh, Daniels, excuse me, Anderson rolls him up for a two count, then a swinging neck breaker by Mr. Anderson into the mic check. Anderson wins and he gets seven points. Yeah, see, here's the thing I didn't realize that every single when, when they said 10 minute time limit, I didn't realize early on that every single match in this episode was going to end up 
being a five minute sprint as a result. So in my notes, I called I called this squash ass shit. Not no, knowing that. Mean. Oh no, this is de rigor for this evening. Um, yeah, it is not okay. And don't worry, guys, about keeping track. Uh, we'll come about who has how many points. We'll come back. To we'll that. just put up an overly big leaderboard. We'll just a, a complex. Oh, no way too long leaderboard throughout the episode it's fine well you see that's why i thought it would be a little cumbersome to do that so i have brought this oh my god whiteboard let me see if i can get it i don't know if i can get it yes got it oh, in oh my. yes the lamps are great i have here for the audio for the audio only viewers a bfg series leaderboard with no all the names way. written and all the point totals, we will be keeping that up to date as we go along. The Bound for, <laughs> the, the Bound for Glory series where everything is made up and the points don't matter. Uh, if anything, the points matter too much. Um, yeah, well, you know, that too. Um, so, say Dixie, oh, sorry, Jason else. No, yeah, Dixie and AJ. AJ Styles, with a clean-shaven face and short hair, is so weird you're so used to him having like a goatee and soccer mom hair and i, <laughs> I don't, you don't, I don't mean you, you didn't need to read him that hard jesus <laughs> now this is just Jay baby this little baby face with his with his with his buzz cut aj man i need a tier list of of wrestlers like this where where it's like wrestlers who i'm used to having like long hair and beards not doing that uh i need a tier list fucking you know aj styles brian danielson chris jericho all of them he's spoiler alert all of them are in f tier what the fuck why do you look like that stop it all right but dixie is asking aj if he's ready and so she's like don't look at me that way you're ready right we're doing the right thing and the and, way this shot, it feels like a kind of like okay. slightly covert shot. They again. do. They do. Okay, that is From, intentional. Is TNA love to do film their backstage stuff as candid camera yeah. COVID TZ, TMZ shit? You know, the idea that the wrestlers don't know they're being filmed. And yeah. So I love the fact that you said you you just in kayfabe have camera guys that are like peeking around corners. Um, so the way that's framed also feels like a fucking reality show. So I wrote in my notes, apparently we really are on a TLC reality show. And then. Yeah, so AJ. Speaking of fucking TLC ass reality show framing. Oh my God. Oh, is the this about, oh, sorry, is this about the knockouts like... stuff or. Okay. Cause I was yeah. just like, go through this. AJ is like, he doesn't care about Daniels and Kazarian. Dixie says it's never been about those guys. They wouldn't have kept it going so long if it were. AJ has last minute doubts. Dixie says they've gone over every possibility. Like AJ's like, maybe, maybe there's another way. And Dixie's like, what do you mean? And he's like, I, I don't know, man. I just thought there's another way. This is every single one of these vignettes knowing where this goes is so fascinating that this is like tna makes this look like we're talking about an affair and i guess spoilers we're not it's actually much crazier than that oh yeah but every single promo backstage bit 
piece of evidence from Christopher Daniels, every single part makes would make a rational human being think this is about an affair. Well, because of course, AJ and Dixie are apparently achu allergic to speaking in any kind of specifics about this. They do. They they are not even to that's funny to me is that even to each other they're talking like this is actually an affair like none of that like they're not candid with each other even though they both know what's happening right now and like Dixie's the like president right what why doesn't she get any kind of privilege to get to like I don't know step away from the candid cameras so she knows she has privacy enough to talk about this like. What the f- None of this ma- It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It um, made enough sense until it stopped making sense, but we yeah, will well, get to that later. Um, uh, but anyway, but, yes, the knockouts are hanging out in Brooke Hogan's office. Why? actually Hulk Hogan's office that Brooke Hogan has taken over for the evening. Well, obviously, that... That's that's Brooke that's Brooke Hogan's entire career in wrestling. Well, hey, so, Brooke, hey Brooke, just make sure just hey Brooke, you can make sure that you 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 can get me the key back to my office late to later tonight, dude. Daddy, can I have a bit of office space for Christmas? Yeah, uh, you, you did, oh yeah, sure you can, brother. I'll get you, you can you can but in the meantime you can hang out in my office, dude. Dude. Uh <laughs> I'm at we're absolutely entering it into the canon. That Hulk Hogan calls his own daughter brother and dude. <laughs> and ah, and Jack. Don't forget. And Jack and is Jack. Right. Um, my name's Brooke. Shut up, Jack. Uh uh Yeah. Austin, why are we watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians? Why are why are we wa- <laughs> This This Why is, is it framed like, like this? Why is it framed like an actual honest to God reality show? It's so weird. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Some some sometimes I like it, and sometimes this is just like, okay. Okay. Also, like, man, I hate how much I can tell that Brooke Hogan is her father's daughter. Like, y- there is the slightest bit of physical resemblance that pops out at you at the most disorienting time. Just the way I like it, brother. And And all of a sudden, you see Hulk Hogan's face on a woman's body, and you get jump scared by it. Yeah, all right. You're like, what? Brooke is like, well, tonight's a very big night, dude. And it's just like I have ODB. I haven't had a chance to meet meet you, dude. But you clearly having a blast with that flash, brother. I can't confirm. Brooke Hogan. It is just Hulk Hogan in drag. He does. (laughs) That it's so simple. But that might be one of your best bits you've ever come up with on this show. So will stupid. I keep up? Will I keep up with it? I don't know. I, um, you sure? <laughs> so Brooke wants to hear everyone's pitches for why they really want this title shot with against Miss Tessmacher. And by the way, I'll just go ahead and get this out of the way. If the name Miss Tessmacher sounds familiar to anyone, 
that's the name of Lex Luthor's assistant secretary in oh. the original uh, Superman movies. She was named because of that. So be like Miss Tessmacher. That's all I can think about when I ever when I ever hear ah, the name. The DC nerd has entered the chat. I see. anyway. So ODB is like, well, I'm different from any other knockout. And she like makes fun of uh, Madison Rain's little crown that she wears on her head. And this was a funny exchange to me. Is ODB goes, oh, what pageant did you win? And Madison Rain goes, all of them. Miss America. <laughs> the only one, actually. It's the only one that Madison knows. Yeah. Miss America. But I just all love, I was, I just love what pageant did you win? All of them. All of them miss america uh but madison rain mentioned she had the title for forever she was the longest reigning knockouts champion before this moment yeah. before and and then mickey james is like yeah well who beat you you know and brooke hogan is like well somebody is a bit too focused on their mr imaginary friend there dude we need and you know they need to get focused brother yeah yeah Brooke Hogan basically spends the entire night axing people for having too much personal baggage, dude. Um, yeah. She, she gives Madison some advice she got from her dad, brother. You know, make your work your boyfriend. <laughs> man, man, this, this one. Brooke this, Hogan. Hog Hogan absolutely I, said this to Brooke Hulk unironically. Hogan, considering what else we know about Hulk Hogan's opinions on Brooke Hogan's dating life. We, I we have got to watch the Hulk Hogan reality show. I, I guarantee you that without a shred of doubt in my mind, Hulk Hulk Hogan told his daughter for real to make work her boyfriend. He saw her getting a little too buddy buddy with some undesirables, and he goes, "Now wait a second, dude! Don't forget to make work your brother Jack." And she goes, "Well, that's a great point, brother." <laughs> anyway, uh, so Velvet Sky <laughs> is like, "Well, I got a never, I never got a title rematch for when I won the title and it lost the title." And then Mickey's like, "I'm the greatest." female wrestler in the world i have won every prestigious title known to womankind yes naturally and madison rain pipes up again at being the longest reigning champion and brooke is just so annoyed at madison rain she's like so angry with her over over like her being interested in a guy yeah again um, like i don't get like this what what i'm so lost as to what the fuck is going on in general, because I don't have context. And, like... Even with context, I don't understand the animosity with Madison Rain. Like, Brooke takes it like it's a personal offense that Madison Rain is, like, chasing dudes. Well, you gotta be focused on the business, brother. So... Madison is like, you know, Miss Tessmacher, she's been practicing every single week. And ODB's like, well, she should be. She's been in the business for a cup of coffee. Thank you. ODB's firing shots. Um, yeah, but and... Brooke tells Madison Rain to focus up a bit more. She's not ready for tonight, dude. And so <laughs> Madison just leaves. It's like, fine. Madison gets eliminated. Not even like fully eliminated. She just leaves. Okay. And Brooke says she's got, you know, she has one more elimination to make later tonight. ODB's like, can we, like, stay in here? <laughs> He's like, hang out in here? Yeah, yeah, they're like, can we just vibe and 
Rogue's like, I don't know, I'll have to think about that, brother. Um, so, uh, we cut to the ring with Robbie E, who I have no idea who this is, but I must say, man's got some drip. I like the, I like the cut of his jib. Who the fuck is this? He's Jersey Shore guy. I talked about that. Is you know? Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's this guy. Got it. I'm very so. Bad. Robbie E. He says he is not scared of any of of a single person in the BFG series. He's more jacked than anyone in it, and I mean, no one can pull off this tan. Uh, and so Robbie E. was challenging any gerbil in the back to get punked by Big Rob. Yeah, so Robbie E for open fight night puts out an open challenge, which I guess that's a thing you can do. This is uh, so oh, this is open squared. This is open, yeah, openception, truly. And of course, and then Kurt Angle's like, Kurt, "LOL, all right, I'll do it." Lol. It's just, it's just fucking Robbie E. Uh, I feel like I was a little more justified in calling this one squash ass. Shit. Oh no, it was almost immediately. Kurt Angle hits. Three German suplexes, the angle slam, and then the ankle lock for 10 points and the win. I will say, as goofy as it is to open it, to issue an open challenge on open fight night where the whole point is calling out someone specific, it does add slightly fun stakes of like being locked into fighting whoever answers you. Um, which is yes. especially funny with like, you know, angle squashing the shit out of a goofy heel like this. Um, so yeah, I, I I angle angle just goes to town immediately. I I put in my notes that's got to be record a record straps drop from angle. Like within ten seconds, his the straps on his singlet are both down. That's got to be a new record. And okay, this is where I need to talk about one more thing. So technicians in the BFG just have an advantage for they do no like, reason. Kurt Angle. Um, Samoa Joe, like they, they both have submissions as their finish as their regular finishers. Yeah. No one else in the B in the, let me, let me look at my list. Yeah. No one else in the BFG uses submission moves regular on a regular basis. So, so they're just getting three extra point opportunities here. That's another reason why making submissions worth more than pins is dumb. Yeah. The bias becomes immediately apparent when 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 Angle's able to lock in the angle lock on this jobber ass motherfucker like that, and you're like, okay, um, Rob. I get a feeling that Robbie E is going to be eating a lot of pins in this BFG series. Almost Don't know why I get that sense. Certain, yeah, really, nah. Uh, I think he's going all the way to the top, baby. Um, okay, so gut check time. Um, we hear from Taylor Hendricks, who is the newest uh the newest fucking uh uh candidate in the uh in the gut check series and again the reality show i feel like i'm broken record but the reality show hits keep on coming as in true like hopeful contender to a reality competition show fashion she reveals that she's a cancer survivor holy shit uh okay my note is video profile on Taylor Hendricks. Let's see if anything not cliche or interesting is in here. 
Well, again. And then, she, and, then she said, and then she immediately says the thing about being a cancer uh, survivor at 21. Which, which I do have to say, though, the way she says it is very funny to me. It's all because the way she talks about it, she almost seems to brush it off like, ah, ha, ha. I was so overdramatic about it. I was so young. I didn't know. It was just cancer. Like, she almost seems to like, like, no. brush it off. And I'm like, Jesus, you know. Yeah. I'll be honest, I was a little excited about this one because, like, I play a lot of EWR, Extreme Warfare Revenge. It's basically a booking simulator. And so I have run all women's uh, saves before. And, like, Taylor Hendricks is a name I'm familiar with for that specifically. Because she's one of those, like, in the games, like in the save that they in the custom save files I've used that use like real wrestlers from more up to date years because the original game is set in like 2004. Um, Taylor Hendricks is a name that always pops up as like a low carter with like decent stats, so I'm like, she's a good pickup, get her get there for the low card. And so, like, I've never watched Taylor Hendricks before, like right now, but I do know that name. She's big, she's big OVW. Um, had some time in ROH. Queens- not oh, not a very prodigious career, is Taylor Hendricks. No, but you know, um, she, she was around. She's around for a little she pops bit. Up sometimes. Uh, she was in ROH with the House of Truth. Hendricks has also so performed with wrestling group. That's her seems like her most recent. Um, her most recent exploits are, uh, wrestling group Lucha Patron. Uh, returning on June seventeenth, twenty twenty three. Um, so that's cool. Uh, you know, she seems I glad to see someone getting work. You know, um, but yeah. So she's she's very excited for her gut check, and apparently it's not that big a deal to have cancer when you're twenty one. Um, sure. Magnus is here. He comes out. Oh, Epi- I said my note is get the fuck out of here, Nick Aldis. Oh I don't- shit. Nick Aldis. And then my next note, Magnus be saying the same boring shit he will say for the next decade. Bro, Magnus comes out here basically epically. I just need to, this was my paraphrasing of it. I came, oh, he's British, isn't he? Uh, he is British. I came, he is British. He's British. I came to open fight night. I decided to come out here. I decided I wanted to challenge someone in the back. And I decided I want to do it right now, if you don't mind. F- fascinating. You just epically declared you came out here to do the exact thing the you're thing supposed to do on Open Fight Night. designed to do here. That literally, he, he says it like he's having some grand epiphany. And it's like, this is exactly how it's supposed to go. Th- thank you. Uh, yeah, anyway, Magnus says he is choosing a man whose head is not in the game. Now, Magnus, he knows what it's like. Every city in the world, he's got women lined up. Oh my God! To get all of this, but he doesn't his, screw around with another his man's monster wife. condom for his Magnus dong. Listen, bro, you get married to Mickey James, you don't need to brag harder. Bro. Oh shit! Anyway. But he's like, hey, you don't screw around with another man's wife, especially when she's the one who writes the paychecks. He is challenging a man who is selfish, only thinks of himself, 
is a home wrecker. AJ Styles. And we, we cut to the back while he's talking about this, and AJ already has his fucking hood up. He's like he's just hanging out in the back like, with the God hood damn up. It. He's he's like, I knew this was I knew this was gonna happen. We'll, we'll die. fine. Um so AJ comes out seeming uh, a bit morose, a bit uh uh, he doesn't do the cool like flip in the thing. Yeah, he doesn't like flip the hood and do the thing. He he just comes out and takes his hood off and he's like, thing. okay. Um. So uh so yeah, it's AJ time. Um. Also, uh, real quick sidebar. I kind of dig Magnus's music. It was kind of kind of cool. I don't know. Um. Yeah. Uh. But yeah. So it's AJ time. Except, uh, AJ's got his head in the clouds. He's not. He's he's not in the head. The he doesn't have his head. In the it game. doesn't really feel like it for the early part of this match because he just AJ starts going to town. He does all his cool athletic shit. AJ Prime AJ is an absolute fascinating thing to watch. He doesn't have his head in the game. Shut up. You saw nothing. He missed the Pele kick. Yes. Uh, Magnus just fucking moved. That's absolutely. See, see, he does it. He's not concentrating. Uh, he does. But guys, he, does he also cool get an update. Legitimately. And te- get an update though. What? Joseph Parks has gotten popcorn. Joseph. <laughs> Fascinating. Um, AJ does. I think he like flips over Magnus at one point and <laughs> Taz on commentary goes, that was pretty phenomenal. Pun intended. Th- thank you, Taz. Um, uh, yeah. Um, yes. He hits AJ is setting up for the phenomenal forearm to end this whole thing. And then down runs Daniels and Kazarian with papers of something of something, I guess. AJ, AJ, like he jumps back in the ring Goes past Magnus and is demands that Daniels and Kazarian like get out of here. And then Magnus, he gets distracted. Magnus hits him with some kind of a slam and Magnus gets the win. Yeah, JJ pins, womp womp. Uh, and then Magnus holds up seven fingers, except it's five and two for the seven points that uh, he yes. now got from yeah. that. Uh, you know, uh, as, as you do. Uh, who cares? Oh, to Slammiversary! Uh, yes, I didn't, I kind of skipped through this one to kind of That's fair. save some let me, time. Uh, let, let, me, let me give the rundown here. So, so Dixie Carter is, I, I'm very confused, by the way, about the branding, because they insist their impact, but Dixie Carter is standing, is sitting in front of, like, big embossed floor letters that say TNA. Um, I'm slightly confused, but okay. Um, DNA always has been a little as has been as for for a long time has been iffy about saying TNA because they understand that like that name is dumb. Yeah, <laughs> we shouldn't let Vince Russo name us TNA. Yes, uh, however, <laughs> except now they're leading in. Hey, um, well, you know that's a whole thing. But yeah, but yeah. Um, Dixie, D- Dixie Carter, who again is in the midst of a giant scandal is like giving this very nice, like corporate, like, uh, 10 years is our year. Um, and da, 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 da. They get a bunch of other dudes that are like talking about impact. I, f- I fucking forget. Uh, Jeff Hardy, they interview briefly. I think they interview bully. Oh, they know they interview, uh, blah, 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 blah. angle. Uh, they also interview AJ, but, while while Dixie 
uh, Hardy and Angle are, like, interviewed, like, you know, head-on, camera-style, like, legit interview. AJ's just, like, looking to the side, to the camera, in the middle of a signing, like, significantly lower-quality video. It's like, okay, weird. Um, and then, yeah, that so that was kind of, that was kind of silly. But, yeah, uh, 10... 2012 is going to be their year. They've been doing this for 10 years. Woo. Um, and it's now. They'll, they'll, they'll hold out. They should hold out better hope for their 20th year. Yes. Well, uh, that's when we go back. Well, I guess their 21st year, 22nd, either way. Um, it's, uh, it's gut but check now it's time for gut check. Taylor Hendricks versus Tara. Go, go watch out for her witchcraft. Hey, hey. Well, she does have a pet spider. Um, but uh, I did make a note of Taylor flips her hood back up so she can flip it back off <laughs> when she gets introduced. But yes, this is Tara. Tara has a ton of, uh, she's a long experienced wrestler. So we've seen her before. She was Victoria in the WWE. She, oh. if you vaguely remember during the Claire, during the Kane, uh, Katie Vick story, she was facing Trish Stratus and alleging that Trish Stratus only got to where she is because she's sleeping around oh, with the boys. Well, that's cool. Yeah, but so Tara's here. She's kind of a respected veteran, admittedly heel here. Yeah, she's healing um, a little bit. Yeah, and so Tara, I mean, she has a lot. It's, it's match. Tara has a lot of control of the match. She beats up Taylor a lot, and it's like, you want to be a knockout? Uh, Yeah, although... Uh, Taylor does get her spots. I have to say, I kind of dig Taylor's moveset here. Like, it's very, like, acrobatic. And I thought it was kind of neat. She's very flippy. Um, I, uh, um, she, she even got, like, chance. She was winning over the crowd. Um, she had a great, yeah, like... Yeah, did a cool thing where she, like, head scissors Tara from the ground? Yes. Um, that was cool as hell. Um, Taz is commentating while also, like gut check judge scoring taylor hendrix yeah this feels this feels like a conflict of interest it feels distracting uh and taz does point this out he's like yeah i don't know why the fuck i i'm 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 pulling double duty here but here we are i guess um and joseph park we get we get a picture of him or a video of him like we cut away to him being led to the back which feels disrespectful to do during this match particularly but Sure, I guess. Yeah, anyway. Um Tara, Taylor is firing up, but Tara hits the wit ends up ca- catching her in the widow's peak for mm. the win. Yes, and like now a, they, on commentary. Basically, none of the gut check people ever win. I think one time that happened. That yeah, I was gonna say, like, they're there to do like exhibition jobber matches. Um, mm-hmm. this felt very like tryout match. Like you show how well you can sell, you show how well you can pull off your own move set. Uh, and then you eat the pin because fuck you. Um, and yep. And Mike Tanay, Mike Tanay immediately is like, judge Taz. I know you're sworn to secrecy. So what do you think? And Taz is like, what the fuck? <laughs> hey, yo, extremely incredulous about this. He's like, what? Why would you ask me that? I'm, I can't tell you just said I'm sworn to secrecy. Fuck you. Yeah. Um cannot wait for next week where we get to listen to Bruce Pritchard, Al Snow, and Taz weigh in on this match. I'm, oh, I'm sure it'll watched. be very, very insightful. Um, we do get a really sweet show of respect from Tara toward Taylor, though, so that's nice. Um mm. 
We cut to the back to see more uh, BFG guys waiting to get called out. Uh, I didn't fully realize that RVD was just here. It's wild to see him just casually hanging around in TNA in 2012. Yeah, it's bro. It's wild as seeing him just randomly show up on AEW now all of a sudden sometimes. Like, they just... Yeah, that's... It's definitely really weird. Uh, I'm not. Yeah. Anyway, I do quite enjoy some RVD. I've learned. Uh, but also, what the? F- what are you doing here, man? Yeah. Uh, but then backstage, Joseph Park was being led to Bully Ray for some reason. I don't know how. Like Bully Ray's like, hey, you see that? Guy? Had that kind of pull. Yeah. Uh, Billy, but Billy, Ray, Bully Ray is here to do his low res Eddie Kingston impression. Just try to. He saw. He oh sucks. He's like, he can smell the fear on Pac, kind of like the fear he had last week when he flipped that table over on him. And Park is like, well, you know, I, you know, I was scared, but I mean, not as scared as when Abyss uh, came out of the ring <laughs> last week. And Bully Ray is like, shut up! And he's lucky the Bully is in the BFG series or he beat the hell out of him. And Ray says, if he sees Park in the crowd one more time, or if he sees Abyss one more time, it's the last time either of them will ever be seen. See? And then he barely, Ray calls him a stupid bastard, and then leaves. Blame. Fuck that guy. Uh, um, fucking, uh, I feel like, I feel like it's so on brand for bully ray to be like oh yeah well i totally would beat you up but you know i'm in the i'm in the the the, the, the BFG series I, I got you know it, you know and then he goes back he's like oh i still would have kicked the guy's ass but you know i got i got i gotta preserve myself for the bfg yeah oh okay dude um yep samoan joseph joe joe I love him so much how it is senior joe senior is joe how the fuck does he look so much younger, but also the exact same? How? How does that work? Phenomenal. But Samoa Joe is here. He's like, since nobody in the back had the guts to say my name, I'll just come out and kick this off. And Joe says that James Storm got lucky last week when he eliminated him in the Battle Royal. And so he is calling out James Storm right now. Jimothy Storm. He even makes a fucking like find your finding your smile joke. Like he's like when you were off playing with your cows and finding your smile. So I, you know, he, ah, they both wear cowboy hats. You know, so that means he's Shawn Michaels, I guess. You know what? I, I didn't write. No, I didn't write notes on this match because I was making my whiteboard. That's that's so. fair. Uh, I don't have that many. Um, uh, it's. It's actually in my my big note is it's it's just actually insane what a top tier talent Samoa Joe is like timeless first of all always always great um he moves insanely quick and insanely strong at the same time and he deserves the world but but by the way sidebar I'm gonna derail this a tiny bit we fucking on AEW Collision this past week uh it the main event was MJF versus Kenny Omega which was incredibly based and it insanely good match holy shit can't believe we got that on free tv but beforehand because everyone's gunning for mjf right now samoa joe walks up to him backstage and he's like hey mjf you know if you need a friend out there all you need to do is call my name and in return 
you give me an, another shot at that title. And I thought, okay, so MJF might call for the interference from Joe on this one. But he never did. MJF won the match clean. And we and, and, and we saw Samoa Joe backstage afterward looking at the monitor with, like, a frown on his face. And I swear to God, I saw a single hot boy tear rolling down Samoa Joe's face. Samoan Joseph is... Samoan Joseph's newest scheme failed. Samoan Joseph deserves the world, Austin. I love that boy with all my heart. He must be protected. Be good to him. I love him. So Samoan Joseph is Samoan Josephing all over the place. And Jimothy Storm is, you know, he's keeping up pretty well. Um, I did get one. These are two big dudes. These are two big dudes taking swings at each other. The Yeah, J- James Storm is like, he's he's not as bulky a guy as Joe, but, you know, who is? Um, but he's definitely, like, large in stature. Um, so it is kind of a cool mashup in that regard. Uh I do have a little bit of uh, hashtag Taz out of context. Um, I didn't even write down the context for this one. But from Taz on commentary at one point, I should watch my pronouns. The, the Taz Maniac in 2012, clearly ahead of his time. Um, you know. Yes. Um, but James Storm basically ends up getting the dub. And as I put it. Yeah, this- Joe, Joe keeps the Joe keeps going for the for the submit for the submission yes. move. Uh, I will. They almost tell a story with it, except I don't think they go to it enough because it's a five minute sprint yeah. match. But there is a moment where he has James Storm on the top rope. He could do the muscle buster right here and probably beat him because he beats everyone points. with the muscle buster. But he throws him off the top rope and is trying to get back in the submission. And then, yeah, James Storm gets out of yeah, it see? and hits the last call, which is a super kick. He, uh, I don't and, know why he wasn't uh, going for his chokeout move because that shit's fucking lethal and can win a match in like two seconds. But, you know, sure, whatever. Um, but then, yeah, James Storm gets a win, extending his massive, disgustingly large lead. Yeah, uh, to 27 fucking points. Okay. Um, so, and and as I put it, he does his best Stone Cold impression because he gets a beer and starts chugging it. Um, yeah, and then after this, glass bottle's not going to Oh, yes, yeah, uh, But after, then after the match, Joe grits a beer bottle and threatens to hit it Storm with it, and the rest like, whoa, whoa, man. But then Joe just hands him the beer. Sign of respect. I guess. Are they both faces right now? James Storm is. Joe, I haven't seen. I haven't Joe seen certainly enough of received Joe like a face. Like he was getting cheers and shit. Um, okay. I'll, let's, let's say he's a face okay. right now. Um, um, and then we get a recap of all the AJ Styles drama. Also, so, wait, wait, you know, sorry. Baby, one, any- one more quick thing I want to know. Uh, we we got to, after the match, we got a replay of the, like, winning super kick from James Storm. Something I didn't notice is he gets the, I didn't notice the second time. He gets the pin on Joe, and once the pin has been counted, he fucking crosses himself. Um, he, he does the sign of the cross for <laughs> He is a man of God he's, and a man of beer. Yeah, he's a man. That is, that is. He that really is, is Shawn Michaels thing all over the place. Um, and please kill me. We're back to Brooks' office. Um, well, I don't know if you had any thoughts about the draw, the recap of the AJ Dixie drama. Oh, you know we got because you know because he had the video. He showed the evidence. It showed. The phone call and the pictures. Well, okay, I know that's not actually going to be like any of the case, though. And it's all shit I knew. I just, it's just, 
I'm so confused as to why CD and Chaos have gone in so hard on this. It's so bizarre. Um, and I, I, I am interested to know, like, the extent to which they knew about everything going on and, like, why they're... It's weird. Um, so, uh, backstage, AJ's, like, tells Dixie, because he's, he's only talking to Dixie these days. Um, he says that, you know, he's falling apart out there, and, like, she was right earlier. We got to do this tonight. Yeah. So they've made the decision. They we're... are going to do this tonight. Um, yeah. Which I wonder what they would have done if they hadn't decided to make a segment out of that. Like, the way this episode times out, they would have had a few minutes to kill at the end. So, like, who knows? Um, good, good. Anyway, we're back with Brooke Hogan on that bullshit. You know, talking smack gets you nowhere, brother. <laughs> but talking business and talking business gets you somewhere, dude. Um, Brooke Hogan wants someone, you know, she's really focused right now. And right now she thinks ODB is too focused on her husband, EY. Yeah. And what he's doing. Brooke Hogan which, like, has a real problem. We haven't with, really with... seen any of that. What? I haven't seen any of that in the last month, so I have absolutely no idea what she's get, what Brooke was going on about. I don't know. But yeah, as I mentioned in the front half, ODB and E... Oh, actually, I didn't mention this. You did this. not. I you didn't really mention anything about okay. ODB. I didn't realize she was still fucking around here. Yeah, my bad, because it hasn't been an active part of television, so I forgot. Fair. Um, the ODB is currently the Knockouts champion. going to remind you of that, that that is the tag title for the Knockouts division, which is the women's division of Impact. Yes. Keep that in mind. ODB is currently the Knockouts tag team champion with her husband, Eric Young. Oh. Okay. Yep. Um... You know, I said they're like intergender matches, but uh, that that's still like okay, weird. It's a comedy. They're a comedy duo. You know, it's all ball and chain shit. Uh, um, e and uh, you know, the joke is EY is a total beta male, of course, and ODB is the one who wears the pants of the relationship. Yada yada yada. Um, again, EY is a man. He is a man and he is the women's tag team half of the women's tag team champion sure. and only gail kim once has like called out that this is happening right now <laughs> she's like does anyone else think this is weird and everyone's like nah it's fine and i want to point out um if you look at the knockouts uh tag team uh, championship uh, let's see if I can uh, get pull this up. The Impact, I guess it's currently the Impact Knockouts World Tag Team Championships. Um, EY and uh, ODB are the become the longest reigning tag champs ever. They hold the belts for four hundred and seventy eight days. No, no, you're lying right now. Stop it. No, they win the belts in February of twenty twelve. And they keep them until June of 2013. And here, and you know how they lose the belt? How? Brooke Hogan strips them of the titles because Eric Young is a man. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, brother. Are you just now noticing this, Jack? <laughs> yeah. And then 
the belts were deactivated. They were what? After Brooke Hogan strips them of the belts, they would proceed to be retired for eight years. For for eight years? They 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 brought him back in 2021. Oh, what a way to go out! Out, out! That's and and if you think that oh, even if it's really dumb that Eric Young is a women's tag champion and no one acknowledges it until it's time to strip them of the belts, at least that means hey, maybe that means Impact was doing some cool intergender stuff in the meanwhile, right? Well, you'd think that. Except in the 478 days, gonna re-emphasize that they would defend those titles twice. What? They mostly just existed as a prop around their waist, and they didn't do storylines with them. They didn't wrestle matches with the belts. They just had them. Nobody cared about the knockouts tag division enough to do anything with Eric Young and ODB being the tag champs. Well, that fucking sucks. What the shit? <laughs> good times. Good Wait, times in the I knockouts division right now. The women's wrestling gets in America. Let's fucking go. Anyway, back to this. Did Brooke Hogan uh, eliminates ODB for being more focused on her husband than on winning the knockout title and then odb's like yeah all right bam bitches and then she walks out and she's gone cool great outstanding um then bully ray here is, or is here to pick on someone um, do you know who i am yeah fuck you okay and then i loved it is there were total crickets and then he goes you're damn right I you know. know who i am hey man he doesn't let he doesn't let a failed pop deter him. That's some real heel shit right there. Um, anyway, yeah, Bully Ray makes fun of the fact that Joseph Park has been evicted from the building, and then he's like, "Who's left back there? Jeff Hardy, Rob Van Dam, and the Pope." And so Bully Ray decides to take the easy route. He is challenging the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> to get those easy 10 points. Yes. Uh, Taz wants to see Bully Ray beat up one of the refs for being shady? Question mark. That's ECW style, brother. Oh my God. But uh, anyway, the Pope, D'Angelo De Niro, uh, his gimmick is he is blinged the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, he, he is blinged the fuck out. I want to know, like, um... Uh, I want to know, like, he has these glasses, these sunglasses that have crosses on them that are, like, blinged yeah. out crosses. I've seen these sunglasses before on Johnny Mundo in Lucha Underground. Did are, did do, did he get these from the Pope? Does he steal them? Were they perhaps they... Everybody he's stealing from the Pope. For example, you uh, the, there was the dinero drop where money rains from the ceiling. Oh, uh, Yuchika Okada took that from the Pope. Really? There were a lot of the idea, a lot of the gimmick of the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada, came from him ripping off or otherwise workshopping the gimmick with D'Angelo De Niro while Okada was in TNA. What the fuck? 
That's so wild. That that's secretly super influential wrestler D'Angelo De Niro, aka the Pope. AKA the Pope. Um, also, one more thing on Bully Ray uh, taunting the Joseph Park thing. He says it's a good thing that Joseph Park isn't here. It's about time he listened. Which t- Tango Pregunta, how can he listen if he's you know not here? Um, that's crazy. also and Bully Ray. This was wrote really got me. Bully Ray says he wants his ten points. Oh yeah, Bully. Remember that you got a submission in there. Uh huh. Apparently not because his stupid ass never attempts to submit the 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 Pope even once. Beautiful. Um, like he tries to hit like two clotheslines and immediately pin the Pope, who doesn't even kick out. He kicks out before even the one count happens. And like you stupid idiot, you only get seven points if you do He's that. He's so dumb. He's so dumb. I hate him. Um, Listen, I I hate. I think Bully Ray is annoying. Yes. And I hate that in 2023, I still have to watch him on TNA Impact. I will say, though, when he wants to be a big, dumb idiot that gets clowned on, he's actually really good at that. Well, that's nice. Like, he has the, he, like, at one point in the match, he, like, tries to, like, do a splash on De Niro. De Niro rolls out of the way. And so Bully just goes face first. And he's like, ah! That ah! He's like, he's like this total cartoon cartoon buffoon that, that has been bested. That was good. Uh, yeah, I, that was a great moment. We learned from commentary that apparently you can vote for gut check participants. To, to- yeah, hashtag... TNA gut check. Then why tell do you have judges? Tell to influence the judges to let them know that you got a real star on your hands. You can't let him go. Oh my god! You can't let him go. How you know, let the work? people know. How does know. anything in TNA work in 2012? I'm so confused. Um. Anyway, I mean, it's 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 mostly bully beating up the Pope. They clearly have you know the Pope trying to fight back. Yeah. So well, they have a storyline of like Pope coming back from like some ring rust he was in hollywood question mark he was in they try to say he was in the newest batman movie which if you want to do the timeline right dark that means Knight. the dark knight returns dark knight rises dark knight rises excuse me and i tried to get credit on this and i couldn't find it now he probably was just like a stunt man of some sort yeah. or a background guy that's why i can't but and so i assume it's legit I'm not going to go to IMDb for it. I went on Wikipedia. That was good enough for me. Yeah. Um, but that is what they were saying is that he was, he left to go film the new bat, the new hit Batman movie. And then and now he's back. Outstanding. Um, so, so yeah. Um, Taz, Taz on commentary. Again, I didn't get context for this, but a great line from Taz on commentary of, uh, I mean, I'm friends with, with bully ray and i hate him based um but yeah um pope is uh just kind of getting beaten up by bully ray but he manages to get his licks in here and there and then yeah, but abyss is in the audience oh my god whoa no way and bully's like what the fuck, what the fuck? is this <laughs> what the fuck is this shit 
So the Pope knees Bully in the back and Bully falls to ringside. And then Abyss is like grabs at Bully and jumps the barricade to just like stalk him like a horror movie villain. Like he's just like standing out in front of him, like doing grab hands. Yeah. Trying to grab Bully. Bully runs back in the ring. The Pope hits an STO and the Pope wins. Yeah, utterly based. The Pope for the dub? Hell yeah, brother. A little bit of shenanigans, but I don't care. Fuck you, Bully. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bully's plan fun. to get an easy 10 points fails completely. <laughs> easy 10, yeah. Um, the, Pope, the Pope eating up Bully Ray's 10. Yeah, totally 10 points. Um, uh, and doing it in style. Gotta say, I was impressed by the Pope here. Um, yeah. Uh, so, um, backstage... Help me understand this, Austin. In the vein of, I don't understand what the fuck, how anything works in TNA in 2012. Hogan says, Hogan is backstage with Rob Van Dam and Jeff Hardy, the two biggest stars of the company currently, aside from him, I presume. Um, Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Uh, he says, basically... Angle, Angle is up there. Angle, okay, that's fair. Angle is also really high up there. Um, uh, Hogan says that, like, because RVD and, and Jeff weren't called out for open fight night that means they're the odds on favor to win bound for glory he, he tries to frame it as like everyone else was too afraid to call out hardy and rvd because oh they probably i lose, totally missed that trying to because say. everything hulk yeah. says is fucking word sound uh yeah so but he's hogan's like i had a problem dude and it's now solved is because hogan didn't know what to do for the main event and now he does. And now he does. I, I I have a question. Hypothetically, what if? Let's see. What if it was like Robbie E and the Pope were the last two? Well, then the, would they have just not had a match? Oh my God! You know the what? The way if, that Hogan frames it is they weren't the last two picked weren't going to have a match until they were such big stars that Hogan felt that was justified you know what this would have been austin wait i have this so stay with me on this one have you ever seen the the short from the shrek 2 dvd far far away idol no but listen i'm in the middle of the of Haley whipjack's five and a half hour deep dive on all of every shrek media so i do know what happens in far far away okay. Idol, if that's what you're yeah asking. you know you know where i'm going with this so i do so in far far away idol you you because it's on the dvd you can you know it, it's it's they have simon cowell show up to judge uh you know a Shrek version of American Idol and a bunch of Shrek characters like sing and perform. And then at the end, you can pick who wins uh, Far, Far Away Idol. Except if you don't pick one of the like four main characters of, of Shrek, like if you pick like Prince Charming or Captain Hook, Simon gets the letter as to who wins and he goes, oh no, this can't be right. Nope, never mind. It's me, everyone. And then he gets up and sings My Way by Frank Sinatra. Uh, that would have been 
Hogan. would have been like that. He would have been. He would have been like. Actually, I'm the main event, brother. Nobody else is gonna. Ha- nobody else is around here to draw for it, dude. Um. So Hogan would have squashed like Easy E or whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, um. I'm fully convinced it would have been a, a Simon Cowell in Far Far Away Idol moment. That is a good shout and topical because as of because two days ago I wouldn't have understood that reference. That's incredible. So, That's so well timed. I'm just that good. Um, yeah, so, you are. You're too good. Yeah, true. Uh, uh. So, um, there is, but yeah. So RVD and Jeff Hardy, the main event tonight, which granted is fucking awesome. Um, and then. Okay, and then I, I here's my notes on this. Brooke Hogan is inspecting a binder with just v- Velvet Sky and Mickey James pinups in it. <laughs> That's just like, totally for you, work, brother. This is completely professional, dude. Oh yeah, brother, is what I'm talking about. But yeah, um, yeah, it was, it was just funny to me because they frame it as if she's like doing some real hard thinking about like Velvet Sky or Mickey James, and you think in the binder would be like notes Stats. about like why they should pick each one, either one, and no, it's just it's just a post, it's just a fan post of these one put in your binder. Uh, yes. Okay. Um, hey, Brooke Hogan, though, as we learn, doesn't want to let the pigeons loose. The pigeons what oh oh yeah oh my fucking god he doesn't want to let the pigeons loose i forgot about taz's weird ass term for boobs um no it's ass because he says it when he says let the pigeons loose oh when velvet sky bends over the middle rope and the camera just like like zooms in on her ass and he's like hey it's time to let the pigeons loose yeah i forgot velvet sky was wasn't she like healing it up the last time we were in tna she was because she was part of the beautiful people. Ah, uh, yes. So she's, she's a lot, a lot more chill now, I guess. So, uh, it's, I, I just have in my notes, uh, and I quote, "What, what the hell is this?" Yeah. Okay. So the big hype story, a weeks long storyline that has been happening in TNA, is that when Brooke Hogan came into the executive director position of the Knockouts division, a thing she is clearly very qualified for. <laughs> trust me. Um, Sources. Trust me on this. Sources: Hulk Hogan's penis. Um. <laughs> go ahead. Anyway. Anyway. So uh, Brooke Hogan is talking up how she's going to get all the knockouts, bigger media opportunities to become big stars. Right. Yeah. Because she has connections through Hulk Hogan and she gives velvet sky a position in a music video by musical country music group, Montgomery Gentry. And they hyped up how she's in this music video. You got to go to YouTube or whatever right now and go watch their music video or their website or their MySpace or whatever it is they were hyping. I don't, I, I zone out when they talk about Montgomery Gentry. I, um, I, yeah. Um, and then does, they decide to just play like half of the music. I know. Video. What the fuck? What was that? 
And honestly, you know what's more? I, I don't like country music. Uh, but you know what's more offensive to me than bad country music? What's more offensive to you than bad country music? Bad music videos. Oh, my God. This music video is just Montgomery Gentry playing on a stage. It's presumably on like the impact entrance ramp, it looked like. Yeah, it looked, it looked like it. Cut to shots of Velvet Sky just doing regular things in her daily routine. Yeah, I I don't know. I guess it's supposed to be meaningful. I don't know. Here's what I took away from from the uh, Montgomery Gentry video. And since I've learned that screen sharing, is, since I've kind of realized that screen sharing is a thing on here, I'm going to pull up this image. Sorry to the audio only people. Get good. Um oh. I'm going to pull up an image. Here's what I took away. I'm scared to even know what image you were wanting to pull up here. Is why in the fuck, Austin, does one half of Montgomery Gentry look like an unholy love child of the big show and, like, young Jim Ross? This is horrifying, and why? Am I wrong? Why we got to look at this? Am I wrong? No, but also the fuck. <laughs> Why? Why is this? Like, he's got, like, the big show face, but he's got, like, the young JR mouth and, like, you know, the beard that JR will rock sometimes. Uh. Well, well it's, it's Montgomery Gentry. Yeah, so that's great. Um, Velvet Sky, she can, you know, it's time to let the pigeons loose, can Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, stop it, stop it get some help um no no you're right jr wasn't be this horny unless he was an AEW. unless he's on twitter my mistake uh well you know you know excalibur i think it is time to uh let the pigeons loose if if i may say so well you know jay jr are you okay i just i just i just i'm really horny I'm really horny. They, I, they, I'm glad they took Jim Ross off commentary when, when Tony Storm decided to be insane. Oh my god! Can you imagine the sexual psychopathy we would have experienced in real time? He would. Jim Ross would be so horny, but also this is the but most so, Jezebel yeah, woman has so ever Jezebel. Oh my god, he would have been so simultaneously horny and and morally scandalized. I think he would have just like mutated into a puritan pilgrim on the spot. Uh <laughs> Well, well the that that Jezebel is she's, she's pulling an orange out of, out of a pants. Well, that's that's certainly mm. something. Certainly something scale about after say. <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, back to this. The music video was trash. Was um, but they don't play the whole music video. They they like if you want to see the rest of the music video, go to this website. Oh, great! That's that's awesome. But yeah, it's knockouts time, baby. And Brooke it is Miss Tess Mocker and Brooke has Velvet and Mickey both like backstage in the gorilla position. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm proud of both of you, women, brother. And she knows the velvet has got what it takes, dude. Because I can I give you that opportunity with that Montgomery Jenry Ventro. Her pin- but Mickey, you're getting what you deserve tonight, dude. Her pinup my uh, her 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 pinup made my nether regions go a bit tingly, brother. Yeah, so Mickey James gets the title shot. And, and Velvet is a good sport. Yeah, about Velvet's it. a good sport about it, presumably because she got a consolation music video out of the whole deal. 
Now, I may not like country, but I do like hardcore country. Yeah, sure. I guess. Theme song they for think, those of you who don't know. I, yeah, I do not. Um, uh, but, but yeah, so uh, we get into the match, and it's actually a pretty decent match. Um, uh, Mickey James and, uh, and Tess Mocker are both proving pretty fucking athletic. Mickey James, like, at one point, has like uh an a hand lock with uh with uh the test mocker and she just casually like cartwheels through that that's sick as fuck uh mickey james is also like she's in control for a lot of this match like i don't is there a story with like there... test mocker not really being really ready to like be knockouts champ i think i think so i think the way they're playing it was a big upset win for her to beat gail that's fair and so i think they're kind of portraying test mocker as like kind of a rook not quite a rookie but close enough and now she's champion and mickey james is mickey james one of the top women in the world yes that makes sense um but yeah so um uh mike Tanay, uh while uh talking about the main event because you know fuck who needs the fucking women's match am i right um uh, Mike Tanay calls Jeff Hardy a charismatic enigma, which is, I guess, his nickname around this time. Which that know, is that is the nickname, the charismatic name, enigma. I I feel like I feel like you could come up with something a little bit more, little yeah, something a little more zhuzh to it, you know? Like maybe if we brought some barnyard animals to it. Yeah, you know, I'm just spitballing. Uh, you know the, you know uh, the inner machinations of my mind uh, are an enigma. A charismatic enigma, brother Nero. Anyway, um, yeah. So uh, Tessmacher um does like these jumping clotheslines, which don't look great, honestly. But you know, no, she's clearly I, still like kind of green. She's trying. She's trying. Uh, I'll give it a pass. You know. Mickey Mickey James goes off, jumps off the top rope. Buck Brooke do, dodges her. You know they're they're going like they're, she's she's going crazy here. Tessmock Brooke Tessmacher hits like a corner face buster where she like has Mickey in the corner and she gets up to the top rope, jumps off the top rope, and as she's jumping, grabs and slams Mickey's face into the mat. I was like, whoa. That was cool, right. yeah. I, I did really like and that. And then Mickey, Mickey tosses Brooke into the ropes and hits a stiff kick to the, Dude, on the rebound. Well, Brooke Tessmacher, like, does the single slowest rebound off the ropes there that I've, like, ever seen. So the whole thing looked and then, like she's, like, yeah, and then Mickey proceeds to absolutely nail her in the head. Yeah, that was funny. She's going slow, and yet Mickey still knocks her the fuck down. Uh, uh, Mickey goes for the DD for her big DDT, but then Brooke counters with a roll up and the win. Yes. Um, also, I didn't realize that having your hands under the rope can break a pin. That feels yeah. Any you're out of you're in the position. I don't think I've you're ever out seen of the that ring at that point. Before. It's pretty rare. It's usually usually people like, you know, just grab the rope. Yes. But technically speaking, being under the rope is out of the ring. Okay, fair enough. Um, so, uh, Tess Mocker for the dub, she retains. As she's leaving the ring, uh, she signs I love you to Mickey. Now kiss. Um, Mickey's like, oh no, I've seen where that goes. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> Except I was the crazy lesbian that time. Oh no, oh no. Is that is is there a theme of crazy lesbians abounding here? 
I feel like I definitely have mentioned uh, Mickey James being a lesbian stalker to Trish Stratus before. Maybe. It was her introduction have. to it was her introduction to WWE Christ. as the lesbian stalker of Trish Stratus. So yeah, so we have 14 minutes left going into uh, the main event, which is and we have a main event and a promo. We have a main coming, event that so. taps off at 10 minutes. Um, so uh, exciting, but also like, God damn it. Um, so uh, RVD, Rob Van Dam, RVD makes his the whole effing show. I have to say, okay, so impacts impacts like Tron graphics for each wrestler. Um, they have like vertical screens, which is kind of neat. And a lot of times they'll show like pre-tape little like, you know, things of the wrestler like on the vertical screens and we got this great moment of like rvd is on the ramp and he turns to like his left while on the tron to his left his video self turns to the right so it looks like they're turning to each other to have a conversation which i would not put it past rvd stoner ass to have a conversation with his video reflection uh you know um so um Hardy, uh, then Hardy makes his entrance. I have to say, you know, this I might have found the end, the end point to this, uh, this joke slash observation I make sometimes. Uh, Jeff Hardy runs his hand over his face, and he's got his full ass like Jeff Hardy makeup on. That makeup does not run. Have I found the re- the one wrestler who actually powders his own goddamn makeup? Have I discovered? Yeah, Jeff. Jeff does Jeff's face paint doesn't run. It does not. Same. He fucking powders it, or at least puts some setting spray on. Finally, a man with taste and class. Hell yes, this is why we love Jeff Hardy. Um, yeah. So Taz, um, Taz says that RVD and, Har- and Hardy are the favorites to win the BFG series, and Mike Tenecos. Hey, wait a minute. I said that during RVD's entrance. Taz admits that he wasn't listening, and I admit to myself the same thing, because I did not notice Mike Tanay saying that. Um, Taz is like, yeah, you're right. I wasn't listening, brother. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So Robbie, Rob Van Dam immediately goes for his, like, scissor pin. Yeah. Just and because they, they they these guys are running a sprint here, they are hitting all their big Dude, moves and only their big these moves. These are two men who were like made to collide in the ring, though. It's really cool. Yep. Uh, you know, RVD immediately going for the rolling thunder. Oh, yeah. And he miss and Hardy blocks him back and forth. Jeff Hardy does this crazy ass move where Rob Van Dam is down in the corner and Jeff runs at him and he does like a spinning wheel kick like you know like you like yep. kick into a backflip and he hits rob van dam as he's go as he does the backflip that's so cool um yeah these two guys were great i didn't really have any any match notes per se because it's just sprinty shit actually i did have some match yeah. notes for so toward the end like the final sequence of this is sick as hell um van dam has i think he like I think he managed to get a uh, 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 rolling thunder. He does the split leg move off on Hardy. He does, he does the, the rolling leg. thunder, but Hardy the split leg move. Hardy manages to kind of counter, get him down. Hardy sets up for the Swanton bomb. Uh, Van Dam dodges it, um, and then goes. Uh, so so while Hardy's down, Van Dam goes up for the five star, his own you know top rope jump off finisher, um, which um, Hardy dodges. Van Dam kicks out of Hardy's fucking twist of fate finisher. 
Um, but then now he kicks out of a spot. He just kicks out of a straight up DDT, oh, straight up DDT. that drops him on his head. Yeah. And then, then he eats the twist of fate. The I normal twist the of fate where he the lands. DDT and the twist of fate, but uh, they're they They are close to the same. That's move. fair. Uh, but he hits the twist of fate and Hardy gets the deal. Yeah. So Jeff Hardy up seven points uh, and apparently the favorite to win bound for glory. Now, I guess. Um, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna cycle back to this to the board now that we are done with the Bound for Glory series for the day. They this is at this point they show they flash on the screen the scoreboard for everybody. Yes, uh, who needs it? Because I got this easy to read board right here. So as you can see, at number one with twenty seven points <laughs> is James Storm. Outstanding. Uh, you know. You know, that 20-point battle royal, big win here. Then in second place is Kurt Angle with 10 points, got, having gotten a submission win tonight. Then tied for third place is Mr. Anderson. 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 Uh, Magnus, D'Angelo De Niro, and Jeff Hardy all at seven points. I didn't change the number here, but technically in tied for seventh place is rob van dam bully ray robbie e christopher daniels aj styles and samoa joe all sitting at zero points yeah. so far uh, great that's uh that's unfortunate i will a hundred percent be keeping track of that yeah thank you as, as we know you know when you watch tna you really want to have your whiteboard out so you can take note of exactly how many fucking points have been distributed in this complicated ass thing um so exactly it is so it is it's time for the real main event i guess of of aj and dixie carter's conf confession why the fuck do we have now eight they, minutes they, left they why the fuck did you make hardy yeah. and van damme sprint like that you monsters they did announce that next week uh daniels and kazarian get their contractually obligated rematch yes. for the tag titles against aj styles and kurt angle yes very exciting no that's fun uh but yeah styles and dixie come out no music Dixie gets the mic and she's like, this has been going on for a long time. And situations like this never have a positive outcome. You know, people get hurt, lives are changed or destroyed. And she starts stuttering. She doesn't know what to say. And AJ Styles off mic is like, hey, we don't have to do this. We can leave right now. AJ, make up yeah, your AJ, mind. AJ is like, are uh, you doing this or are you not? He's like, he's like, actually, no, fuck, fuck it. We can just bail. It's fine. Um, also, but Imagine also, like this whole time, like while Dixie's did. trying to have a whole ass emotional moment and like this subtle speech, the crowd can't shut the fuck up to save their lives. They're just going like, ah, woo! the whole, which totally ruins the effect. But okay. Um, but AJ, okay, AJ starts leading Dixie away, and then out and... comes a mystery woman. Oh no! Oh, and I wrote in my notes, <laughs> "Oh no!" Is this... I wrote so much of her speech is word this... for word. Here, so this woman comes out and she talks to Dixie and AJ, and she's like, "I want to do this," and let she tells AJ to let her in the ring. She gets the mic. My name is Claire Lynch. Here she is, boys. Here she is, world. You don't know me? And, and Dixie and AJ, we're hoping to keep it that way. 
you know, Dixie, you've been like my family. Our families are just so close. And AJ, I've, I've known you for so many years. Thank you. That like this woman we have never met before. We just got to establish extremely quickly how she knows any of these. Oh people. yeah. Oh yeah. No. Uh, deep, deep, uh, deep emotional this connections. They date back a long time. Please peak. care about them. There is such peak. There is such peak. Fucking like self-insert energy happening right now oh no um and Dixie, i respect you so much why you know i could come to Dixie with absolutely anything Dixie was there what Blair lynch has a hell of a crying face she you has, know she okay. is okay all in on Except this she cannot actually conjure tears to save her fucking life so it just looks no. contorted and lame Hey, listen, I get it. I also can't contradict your Well, sure, but then no, don't pretend like you're I'm not being at. Yeah, I'm not being asked to play that character right yeah. now. Yeah. I'm doing it for shits and giggles. Don't, don't fucking, don't fucking, uh, uh, don't like do that shit when you have a camera close up on your face, idiot. You, you a Dixie, you listened to me and you knew that AJ would be able to help me too. What? And AJ. You have the highest moral character I've ever seen. What? Which is, which is why I've come here today to tell you the truth. What? Yeah. What chance this entire AJ. time? Which, thank this you. This is such idiots. a long preamble. I hate, I hate wrestling fans so much. See, at this point, I think I, at this point, I think I haven't figured out what's up with, with, um, uh, uh, Miss Lynch here. It looks vaguely like she's pregnant. So I'm like, oh, okay. There's like a baby that's involved here. Oh no, I guess I'm an asshole because that never gets brought up. Sorry, Claire. Um, no, Dixie and AJ are not having an affair. Uh, I I'm an addict. No, I've been trying oh, to wait, get clean. Wait, 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 fuck, wait. I lost track of my gimmick. Fuck, fuck. Wait, hold up, hold up. Just a second. Shit, fuck. I'm gonna uh, go, go back up. This is why I've come here today to tell you the truth. Dixie and AJ are not having an affair. Uh -huh. I'm an addict. What? I've been what? trying to get clean. <laughs> so. What? This is so much worse. That I could have imagined. In the already, know. this mystery woman has looked dead ass into the camera and said that she is a, an an addict. No, you know she's been drink. You know she was the drinks. No, what? She does the pills? What? And you know it. Why are <laughs> there still the what chance? What the? Are you people hearing this? This is unhinged. And and you know there were there were nights where she'd wake up in a motel with a man she never met, Ugh. and what you know she she's been going to AJ you know she stole money from her family to feed her drug habit and that's why she couldn't go to them she had to go to AJ and, and Dixie okay but she's and, recovered right we're not gonna have to deal with a whole storyline involving serious active drug addict shit right. I hate you. You fucking bastard. Anyway, 
Claire says she didn't want anyone to know, and they all kept her secret. They were there for her. That's when Chris Daniels and Kazarian got in the way. I love how she and apparently, Kazarian. Yeah. <laughs> Can only imagine her getting the script for that Never one before the show. It went Chris Daniels and K Kazarian. Like, I got that right. <laughs> Did I get that one right? Yeah, right. She's, um, man, she's just trying to earn her equity or her, her side card, you know? Um, yeah, this is a big jump for her in case you didn't know. Uh, I guess I assume you didn't actually. I, is it uh, Claire Lynch is, is just a regular actress. Um, she at this point in time was a character actor at Universal Studios. Hey, Universal look at that. Notably playing Olive Oil. Ah, well, that's over in the Popeye yeah. segment of the park. Very, she does have so, a very Shelley Duvall quality to her, I will say. Mm -hmm. And so she, TNA, was like, hey, we're doing this storyline. Let's get one of the actors at Universal because we film at Universal. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's how she got involved. Sweet. In She's a character actress at Universal. Anyway. That's the limit, kid. Basically, all of the evidence is a bullshit. The the pic, the embrace pictures, the the video of her going into of them going into Dixie's room, the phone call. It's all a big misunderstanding. To which my question is, what? How? Literally? How? how? Why doesn't Dixie's husband know about this? Yeah, that's what I most want to know. Okay, like I can believe a lot of things, right? I can believe. I can buy the idea that yeah, this was a secret and Dixie was mad that, you know, um, the Dixie was mad that it got started getting aired out to the world. Yeah. Okay. I got sure. That. Why does Serge not know? Like if this is like, if, if she is a fan, if Claire is a family friend of the Carters, why does Serge not know? Why does Serge think that AJ is cheating is, is is Dixie is cheating on him with AJ and he decked AJ in the face two weeks ago? Yeah, like so he like he knows Claire ostensibly. Why would she keep this from him? And also, also, I'm sorry, Serge, you have to be the biggest dumbass in the world to fall for thinking that this super obvious they're not actually cheating setup. It, thinking it's actually legit. You have to be the world's biggest dumbass to see this theatrical bullshit from CD and Kazarian be like, oh yeah, with absolutely no specifics and no like substantial evidence, that checks out. Actually, no, the evidence, the evidence no, I, I admit the evidence does lead you to think it's an affair, but also the evidence as presented is a picture of them hugging, yes. a video of AJ going into Dick, Dixie's uh, hotel room, and a phone call where AJ is like, hey, you Serge, hey, I'm, I can't wait to meet up with you. You know, Serge isn't going to be around, right? Yeah. Which, again, suck hell if I was treating this. But that's also all it is. Why is Serge not at, talking to his own yeah. wife about what uh, that's about? Convert, we didn't need to escalate immediately to decking AJ Styles in the, in the face. It's the point I'm really trying to make here. And honestly, cycle back on this. Why did everyone act so much like this was an affair when AJ and Dixie knew it wasn't an affair? And and yeah, why why didn't AJ and Dixie be like, hey, like we were we can't share much because it's a personal matter, but like we but got it's not we got an like affair. 
We have a Jesus. like family friend who's who's in crisis right now. So like it's all bullshit. Like they didn't need to like, be and, like and like the language they use is again stuff you'd expect from there. Like what are you doing? This is breaking. This is ruining our families. Like how? Yeah. If you know it's not actually an affair, how are AJ and and Dixie's families affected by and, this? And why did they talk in absolutely no fucking specifics in any of their recorded comms? They all, whenever they talk to each other, it sounds like they're having a goddamn affair. It's like they tried to challenge themselves to help their friend with her drug problem in the most sussy way possible. It's like at some point they decided we kind of should play it up of like, wait, like, let's throw them off the scent. <laughs> stupid stupid um so anyway and we cut we cut backstage christopher daniels is like no 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 who why did anyone tell me she was here which means that daniels and kazarian knew that all of this was bullshit which which okay sure then he could have like deceptively edited shit i guess but my question is what the fuck is going on why are you doing this is this all really a ploy because you're salty about wanting the like tag team championships and this is your solution really what also why does this affect AJ in the way it does? They, you, AJ knows nothing is happening between him and Dixie. AJ, Dix, Christopher Daniels, and Frankie Kazarian come forward with s not s definitive, but close and but definitely suspicious looking evidence that an affair is happening except AJ knows it's not an affair and yet he is completely emotionally devastated by this as if it was he's just really concerned about protecting his reputation i guess but like what the fuck but then just why are you not just open and honest that it's not an affair yeah. like he act when daniels and kazarian broke out the pictures he act like he got caught with a smoking gun if i may there there is an option c here you know crazy idea which is essentially you know don't give away personal info. Don't dox your friend Claire Lynch. But you can be transparent about what's really happening. And it's it works out better for everyone. What? Like, the story, this twist is so dumb. Because there is absolutely no setup for it. And everything before it absolutely looks like exactly the thing that it is apparently not contrived ass bullshit all the way down oh my and god this is so listen, dumb we're not even close to the end of this road but anyway it's daniels is mad it seems that his evil plot has been foiled which by the way what a paper thin plot it really relied on aj being an emotional wreck over literally nothing oh, for no because reason. Because you're because him being like, hey, AJ, we have proof of this affair, except he knows it's not an affair and AJ knows it's not an affair, which means all AJ has to do is be like, it's not an affair, idiot. And the entire plot is ruined. The the whole premise here it is the world's is... stupidest batman gambit all right t that's a tv tropes bit by the way uh, uh, a uh, batman gambit a shot 
There I am again. A Batman gambit is a gambit that only works if the people involved act in the way that you expect them to. Named as such because of some comic book storyline where the bat where Batman tricked the Joker into beating himself because the Joker acted in exactly the manner that Batman uh-huh, expected. But you see, I predicted that you would be a dipshit. <laughs> This is a Batman gambit. This only works if if AJ is exactly as emotionally unstable as D- Daniels thinks he's going to be over evidence of a not affair. It's so goofy, bro. It's so fucking goofy. It's insane. And I I am horrified to learn that this goes even deeper because already this yeah, is making this is my brain Yeah, this not even explode. this isn't the depths this isn't the depths of anything yet. We haven't even hit. We haven't even hit the bottom. Oh, good! I already want to die, so this is going to just get way better. Yeah. So Daniels and Kazarian come out and they're like, "Hey, yo, what the fuck?" And Dixie gets Claire Lynch out of the way, and then AJ just goes to and AJ. Oh, he's got his head back in the game now. The truth is out, and he's able to dispatch Daniels and Cows with ease. Okay, dude. Okay, cool. Christ. That is how the episode ends. Yes. Um, I had a lot of fun with this yeah, episode I overall. Did not, I, I was clowning on a lot. I did not hate this. Um, no, it was. I love how quick, how fast paced TNA is making these episodes. It is all thriller, no filler. It makes for sure as as a here. content creator. As, as, watching it as a content creator. This is great. I'll, I'll take it. Uh, far from the most painful thing we've had to watch. I don't know if I'd casually watch like 2012 TNA. You know, it's not, it doesn't. Yeah, I don't know how I'd feel about this if I had to follow this like week to week. week to and week. this was like, this is my big weekly episode of wrestling is watching this. Yeah. Um, but man. But it's been, it's, it's fun is like a cutesy, like I can laugh at it a decade later yeah. situation. Yeah. And, it, and and again, the work on it is not terrible. It's just a little too quick for my liking. Mm-hmm. But we've had fun here. We had fun here, we and we have five here. more episodes to go. Uh, Let's see how much more I, fun. I we forget can you stay. keep breaking our five episode rule because you hate. I really try, okay. Mm-hmm. But this arc has too many essential moments that this need a- to be seen to understand. This attempt on my life has left me scarred and deformed. I haven't even attempted to have an attempt on your life yet. Don't worry about it. But that's for another day. For next time, it is time for maximum distrucity. Distrucity. Because it's time for WrestleMania 6. Oh, wow. We're here. The, The Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan. I can't believe it. I can't believe it's time. We're actually doing this. Yeah, we have hit them all. We've ha- we've seen the two moments that anyone cares about in this arc and way more on top and of And we that. got to make fun of weird fucking promos a lot, which I'm always here for. No, that was fantastic. But yeah, next time we will be watching WrestleMania 6, the all the ultimate challenge. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. WrestleMania two WrestleManias in a year, and neither of them are the current one. Let's go, baby. Hey, all right, but that's for next time. Until then, David, hit our plug. Yes, sir, dear friends. Thank you all so much for joining us on yet another episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. We are so 
Delighted to have you here. Returning listeners, viewers, what have you. You guys know the drill. Thank you all so much for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums, your eyeballs, whatever the hell it is used to consume our content. We're just so happy to have you here. Uh, uh, new people. Hey, hi, how's it going? Welcome to the show. We here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast like to think we're friendly, both noobs and knockouts alike. So whether you're brand new to the wild, wacky world of wrestling or you're a veteran of all the weird bullshit, either way, we are delighted to have you here. We hope you've had a great time with us. We hope everything has felt accessible to you. We hope you want to keep having a great time with us week after week after week, and we're going to tell you all the ways you can do so. First and foremost, of course, you can find us on YouTube. We are the News and Knockouts Podcast on YouTube. Hit subscribe, ring that bell, make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you get notifications every single time we drop a brand new episode. Uh, check out all of our playlists. Austin has been kind enough to organize all of the episodes that we follow into their own separate playlists. So if there's a storyline you want to check out, you can follow it all the way down without having to skip around a whole lot it's great uh and hey you know if you'd be so inclined give us that mm, sweet sweet comment like engagement helps out our metrics tremendously bigly some may say uh uh and hey you can see our our no no look, look we'll not be doing that well look uh uh, so, so, some may say, maybe you don't, I do. Um, uh, and also you can see our beautiful, lovely faces on the video version and see what an absolute whiz I am at, uh, at folding my laundry. I totally kept up with the bit. Shut up. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> and you can check out Austin. You have no, you have no proof it's, that he did. True. True. Well, if, unless again, you watch the video version, again, da, 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 ba, here we go. Probes. Uh, uh, and of course, uh, you can see Austin's sexy, sexy whiteboard. Naturally, who doesn't want to see that? Yeah, uh, uh, who yeah. doesn't want so, to see a whiteboard for the BFG series? Ah, uh, we love to see. You know what? I did not know how the whiteboard was gonna was gonna uh, factor into this. Simple but elegant. I appreciate it. Um, so anyway, so that is the YouTube version. But of course, if you are a fan of the audio-only experience, we have you covered there. You can find the, the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, three of the best places to find your podcast. Uh, uh, you know, check out all that uh, all, all that audio delight on those on those platforms. Listen to our show. Download our show so you can listen to us offline. That's pretty neat. Uh uh, and you know, if you're so inclined, maybe uh, give us some some nice reviews and and ratings. You know, tell some people mm, these guys might be kind of cool. Or maybe you should be listening to them. Yeah, just a thought. I'm just I'm just spitballing here. Uh, uh, be sure to check all of that out uh, over on Spotify, Google, Apple. You know the drill. Um, uh, of course, if you want to get in contact with us, uh, find us on this on on this thing called the interwebs outside of our little void that we find ourselves in every week. You can do so on a few different platforms. Mainly, of course, is our Twitter at Noobs and Noxpod on Twitter. That's at Noobs, the letter N, Noxpod on Twitter. Um, come check us out there. We do the whole Twitter thing. We do memes and discourse with the IWC because we hate ourselves. Um, and of course, we we put up a post every single time we drop a brand new episode, so you guys always know what the hell is going on. And of course, the highlight of our Twitter is weekly wrestling live tweeting. Call me Eric Bischoff because I'm back and I'm and better than ever. Yeah, the, the triumphant return of the noob to the Twitter Avenue Q closed its run. I am sad, but I'm glad to be back watching my weekly stories, my wrestling. Uh, and I love to tweet about it with you guys. Of course, every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on TBS, we are watching and tweeting all about AEW Dynamite. 
And of course, uh, uh, on top of that, when I have the chance on Friday nights at 10 p.m., we sit down and we'll watch a nice classy little hour of, of wrestling on uh, TNT with AEW Rampage. It is the show that y'all been waiting on. And when I have the chance on Saturday on Saturday nights, because they are all right for fighting, 8 p.m. Eastern, also on TNT, we will watch and tweet about AEW Collision. I am a proud collider. You'll love to see it. Um, on top of all that shit. Austin, being the knockout that he is, loves to follow all of the three major North American wrestling companies. Allegedly. Allegedly. You know, a little bit, in theory. And, and and you know, talk to you guys about them, especially for the noobs of the audience. We like to give you guys a, a kind of rundown of what your options are. If you're interested in this whole wrestling thing and you want to shop around for what appeals to you most, we like to give you guys the full rundown and especially hit up some of these uh, pay-per-views that tend to happen. And also, this is kind of our one chance in the show to talk about modern wrestling a little bit. So, you know, Austin, my friend, what is on the docket coming up? Right. So this is kind of weird, right? Because the, <laughs> because when we're recording this versus when we release it is matters a lot, right? Oh. In that Impact and WWE have shows this weekend as of this taping date. But they will have passed by the time we this airs. So. Oh, okay. Let's talk about that then. Um, WWE upcoming has will have just passed Crown Jewel. Uh, that's uh, ye old Saudi Arabia show. It's Saudi Vision 2030. Let's go. go. Anyway, let's um, go away from here, anywhere but here. Get the fuck out. That is not happening. It is the only time Roman Reigns will show up. So yeah, no, that's yeah. They, they, they pay the big bucks to get Roman and nobody else does for the rest of the ever. Anyway, if you want to watch raw every week, it's Mondays at eight on USA network. Smackdown is Fridays at eight on Fox. Um, after the Saudi Arabia shit though, it is time for survivor series oh. on November 25th. Shit. Uh, yeah, it has been announced that it will, in fact, be War Games yet again. I kind of figured uh, it, ale- it will also. Oh, uh, it will also be announced. Well, they used to do. They used to do traditional Survivor Series elimination matches. By God, we didn't do this damn War Games shit. Uh, well, it has also been announced that CM Punk very much will not be there, despite his best efforts, which I think is very funny. Hey. You don't know yet, man. I've, you know, that Dave Meltzer, what is he? Oh, uh, yeah. Nothing. Uncle I, Dave. Get, well, I, get all, I get all my news from Nick Houseman, and he says <laughs> that it's as good as done deal. So. Raj, Raj Geary says, actually, uh, the WWE uh, is the best, uh, the best ever, and they make all the best decisions. And uh, totally, we're going to get CM Punk. He brings in the ratings because we're the best ever. Did I say we? I mean, I'm totally not on their payroll. Shut up. It's taking place in Chicago. I mean. Uh, obviously. The, oh, I can't wait for all of Survivor Series to get drowned the fuck out with CM Punk chance. I can't wait. Anyway, it's November 25th. You can watch that on Peacock, uh, WWE, uh, NBC Universal streaming service. Uh, that is where WWE has all their events live every month. Now, for Impact Wrestling, uh, they are taking a, they just finished up Bound for Glory, yes. the big ending of the year. Pay-per-view. Hey, look at that. 
but they're taking a bit of a break. They've basically, they're basically not doing any more TV tapings. Um, they are for the rest of the year, they've just got some international tours that they're going to tape and make work as TV on a weekly basis because they are doing a big production overhaul come the new year. Yes. And they are rebranding to TNA. They are TNA again. Holy shit. Yeah. TNA is back, baby. The TNA truthers stand up. That is me. I am a TNA truther. Um, is this is exciting? I think you know. There's a lot. There's a lot of discourse about it. They got rid of TNA at the time because it, it really did hold them back, and it was. It kind of became known for being a stupid name associated with bad, stupid wrestling. Um, and now that it's been a few years, you know, the nostalgia for what TNA used to be is here. And, you know, I think there's with AEW, there's less pressure, I think, to kind of be like a serious mainstream wrestling brand. Yeah. It's not happening. Yeah, right. But TNA's kind of accepted their role as like king indie shit. Yeah. You know, an indie for sure, but an indie with a name and the TV deal, like with cachet and history. And they're leaning into that by leaning into the name that most people liked better anyway. Yeah, the I, I will say I actually quite like Impact as a name. I thought it was classy. But I, I did I liked it being like fuck it we're doing it live. Fuck it, we're TNA again. Yeah. But so that they're in an upturn behavior in January hard to kill will be their new will be their their official like we're rebranding, buddy. But we do have a couple of monthly specials on Impact Plus first. I will say if you want to watch Impact weekly, you can do so at Thursdays at 8 on Axis TV or Thursday or for a $1 YouTube subscription yes. every month. You can watch at 8.30 every Thursday on YouTube. Um, but they got a couple of monthly specials first on Impact Plus. It's their streaming service. It's where we're watching this arc. Isn't that fun uh first they have turning point that's gonna air after this episode fin actually airs it was it was a uh, it's a big it's already been taped they had ref pro wrestlers on it as well it's a big cool deal freaking simon miller you know oh yeah yeah i saw that positive energy yeah. wrestling boy yeah uh, Will Osprey had a match as well because he is uh, the newest Impact TNA signing. I have also, of course, ignored all Meltzer news that said he's going to AEW. No way, brother. No way, dude. He is going to Impact. And then also, November 11th, though, this is super fun. Throwback Throwdown 4. Okay. So Throwback Throwdown has become a TNA gimmick where they basically – pretend do like fake old territory parodies okay like like I'll, I'll give you the rundown of throwback throwdown three from last year it main evented with a five-on-five -five match between the team from the impact provincial wrestling federation with cowboy colt mccoy tim burr frank the butcher and giuseppe scavelli jr and, and Giuseppe Scavelli Sr. versus the team from the Great Lakes Unionized Wrestling, 
glue glow <laughs> glow. glow i can't say it right glow uh the IPWF and the Glow uh, with Devon Damon, Neptune, Lord Humongous, and Manfred the Mad Mammal. You know, this is insane, but I think the kind of like kitschy insane that I can really get down with. Uh, now to match DJ Too Large versus Nature Boy Buck DJ Hempfrey. Too Large. And then some guy, and then Tommy Dreamer is just himself. <laughs> but. <laughs> He also he play. I think he plays a younger version of himself. Just young, other, young Tommy. Just, man, they're really Tommy gonna put Dreamer. that filter over his face. You know, run him through a bit of AI in the ring. Yep, that's it's fantastic. It's hilarious. Um, and this is the fourth one. They got Building versus Jack Hammer. Building, <laughs> Building. We're, we're cooking. We're cooking at the throwback throwdown. Building. No, I feel like we need to watch. I feel like we need to watch one of these damn. I for the show. would love to actually, please. Uh, yeah. So that's Impact Plus. That's coming up November eleventh. Absolutely, watch it. Insane. <laughs> it's, Ins- you don't need to know any actual storylines from TNA because obviously the point We're is just, this is a, jo- a, a joke. We're just fucking around. We just like to have fun here. All right. Now for A E. W, they lot their their next pay per view is Full Gear coming up on November eight. Yes, and we got MJF doing double duty again, as he is defending the world the Ring of Honor World Tag Titles against with who knows yet because his buddy Adam 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 hurt his 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 ankle and then also Roddy Strong made him do all of his yard work. And so he had to put off that surgery for a few weeks. That's because that's a thing you can do. And he totally isn't the devil. Yep. Versus the guns. Bang, Austin bang. Col- the bang, bang gang is getting some gold. Bro, may I just say, may I just say, I feel like we really cooking right now. It makes me so happy. I can't believe how much I've fucking warmed up to the guns. Like, I may, I may give everybody the benefit of the doubt, guy. I was never down on the guns, but, like, man, they have leveled up so much, and I'm so here for their, like, glow up. It's actually insane. True, too true. Uh, also, the we get Hikaru Shida defending her title against Timeless. Oh, timeless, to- again, great gimmicks across the fucking board. Uh, I think Shida sh- would really appreciate. I mean, Shida has done theater. I think she would really appreciate. I keep forgetting that Shida was an actress form. for a hot second. She still does acting like part half the time that she's not in AEW, she's off doing some like show, yo, some like theater show. I uh, forget what kind of theater she does, but it's, but she does do a type of theater. Well, I need to um in Japan. So do like Kabuki, does she? No, it's not Kabuki. It's like I think it's like the what's that one man? What's like the one man show kind of theater they do uh... over there? fucking muscle venus uh blah 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 i can't find it on her wikipedia page but i know that that was that's part of what she like when she has had hiatuses before anyway i think she would appreciate how tony storm is doing her is a true film actress 
Yeah, she is true. showing her newest silent films for us on Dynamite. She's ready for her close-up, Mr. DeMille. Luther is now her butler? Luther, that's correct. Luther, yes. I didn't realize, I'm stupid, I didn't realize it was the same Luther until I had it, like, explicitly spelled out for me. Yes. Uh, either uh, way. And then we had a six-man a six man tag, uh, Sting, Darby, and 2BA versus Christian, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne. I mean, we all know what you got to do. We all know. It's pretty easy. The TBA is, of course, Ric Flair. And then as soon as Ric Flair tags in, he betrays Sting. <laughs> like, what else do you do here? Wait, no. What? We're going to do this whole thing for, for Sting's retirement, and then we're going to keep Flair around for a betrayal angle? I will. I will put it on tape right now. Sting's retirement match no. is Sting and Darby versus Andrade and Ric Flair. Don't you stop Let me that. put that to you right you now. You stop that right now. You fucking stop it. You better stop. Put that on tape right now so when I'm right, I can go back to it and say that I said that. I <laughs> hate it. I hate it so much. Uh, also, the main event, MJF versus Jay White. Yes. Oh, breathe with the switchblade, baby. I'm so excited. Listen, if he doesn't win, it better be because Swerve is taking that belt from MJF. I that, agree. If, you know, I got two, there are two options for me. It's going to Jay White or it's going to Swerve. I agree. You get two choices. I agree. Either way, I'm so here for it. Yep, so that is coming up on November 18th on pay-per-view. Absolutely. Be sure to check all that shit out again. We love telling you guys about this, especially for the noobs in the audience. You know, if you're looking to get in on this stuff, pay-per-views are a great way to get in on wrestling. You know, you're bound to get some epic matches. Storylines are wrapping up. New ones are starting. It's a really accessible onboarding point, I think. So yeah, just check all that out and check us out over on the Twitter. If you like listening to us ramble about wrestling for hours on end for some reason, you'll like it over there. The voices carry over. We like to have a good time here at Noobs and Noxpod on Twitter. Of course, if you want to get in more direct and long-form contact with us, you can email us at noobsandknockoutspod at gmail.com. That's noobs, the word, and knockoutspod at gmail.com. Come say hi to us there. Tell us what you think about the show. Tell us, you know, what you want to see us cover on the show. Uh, tell us our hot takes are awesome or say that we're stupid. I don't fucking know. Either way, start discourse. Say hi. We love people saying hi. We would love to say hi back. Noobs and knockouts pod at gmail.com. Of course, finally, uh, you can also find the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on Patreon. The link for that is in our Twitter $1 a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout-out at the end of each episode. Shout-out, of course, to who else? Uh, the sugar daddy, Kyle Smith, our most loyal of boys, for his patronage. We love you, Kyle. Enjoy your perks. If you want to enjoy your perks along with our boy, be sure to check us out. Uh, $1 a due every month helps out the show more than you know. It's, uh, you know, emotionally, too. You know, it's, it's a great boon, truly. Uh, uh, and, you know, it goes a long way to helping us out. Um so uh, if you want to check us out and maybe patronize us and, uh, and you know, get some perks to go along with it, be sure to check out the News and Knockouts podcast on Patreon. The link for that, again, is in our Twitter. See you all next time. Hasta luego. <laughs>